Are we live? Are we rolling? We are live. We are live. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Hello and welcome, everyone. Good evening, Mike. Hello. This is the Tangent Podcast. Tangents with Colleen and Mike. What's up, Mike? How are you? How are you doing, Colleen? <sighs> Almost good. How was that? Was that professional? Fresh out of the <laughs> oven. Neo Geo is a sexy musician with sexy hair and sexy bod. Is what Neo Geo told us to say for his introduction. Actually, he is a musician from Denmark releasing seven albums in seven years. Privacy eccentric, trying to stay far away from all the Twitter wars. His genetic makeup is one eighth of every country you can think of. Everyone, welcome Neo Geo. There we go. Can I welcome me too? You can. Yes, you may. <laughs> welcome me. Hi. Thanks. <laughs> Thanking yourself. So what's you gotta be up? thankful to yourself, man. You should. What's that called? A practicing gratitude, love, man. Gratitude, gratitude, gratitude. Self love. My favorite compilation of eager. After. Not the physical kind, but you know. Well, gratitude, I mean that's important too. That should also be counted in. <laughs> I'm also uh, somewhat learned in that. Uh, well, aren't we all? <laughs> I love Indeed. how we just started this so random. <laughs> uh, Neo Geo, seven albums in seven years. Musician from Denmark, tell us what that's all about. Oh, that's mostly about a lot of fucking stress. Oh shit, <laughs> what's that like? When I when I first got the idea, it was basically just uh, I wanted to put my music out there and make sure that I kept staying productive. I was so deep in depression, I just could not pull myself out. I remember. So I just decided to just catch this bug and just don't stop. Okay. I remember you talked about this um, on the other podcast you did, which we listened to thoroughly. Um, you <laughs> mentioned brag. He said brag. This is the first time we ever made home uh, done homework. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this is the first time we've done homework on a guest. Um, Honored. Well, I love you. <clears throat> um, oh. <laughs> wow, Mike. <laughs> Too public. Let's talk later. <laughs> I'm gonna go out and wait for my turn. Yeah, <laughs> you're next. <laughs> but you know, I'm first. Anyway, um, yeah, you mentioned a lot of childhood trauma, and then you, you know, whoever wants to listen to that can go to that podcast, but because this is tangents, this is something else. I want to know, um, why seven? Seven because it's a nice number, man. I like primes, magical and I've just always been a little bit of, uh, you know, I never had an official test, but most of my friends and family members believe I'm somewhere on the spectrum. Okay. That's including fair. myself for sure <laughs> so i don't know i'm just i've always just been really into numbers and colors and stuff okay. and seven is just is such a nice number i, I, I want to give you something like the one statistic i've heard about like i think it's and i cannot remember the numbers i'm sorry for this, but the majority of the world if you have to grade them have them grade themselves on a scale from one to ten a lot of people will say seven really? oh yeah 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 it's like a default number people just say or is it, huh. is this a, I, I, I'm having a weird deja vu about having this conversation before with you. Oh, well, that's the thing. You, you, you do know that all things are all existing at one time. Time's an illusion. So everything already happened. Dude, and like you're just remembering it. Five minutes in the episode. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. I'm just trying to think what are questions I have based on what I already know about you. But the thing that I really want to get out there is that I actually do love you. Not well, not, not personally, because I've never met you. But oh. I do you want to hear 
I don't know. We're having a guest, and I'm like, I want no, I want to talk. What can I ask you? Wait, let me tell you. <laughs> let me tell you a thing. You Would you like to know him. how I found out about you? You want? Tell me what's in your heart, boy. Uh, uh, father. Um. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I do voices. <laughs> um. I used to date this girl. So I did university in London. We've covered that in the first episode. <laughs> um, and, and every single other episode after yeah. that. And once I moved back to Romania, which was 2016, we kept, I was dating this girl that I really loved at the time. And then we st still talked after I moved back. And somewhere in May 2017, she's, uh, we kind of started talking again. And we were like, oh, I miss you. And like all the lovey-dovey shit. And she sends me this song. And I'm like, all right, I don't know what this is. It's, it was called Neo Geo Sola. I was like, nice. All right. I know that one. <laughs> I, I would hope so. Um, and then I'm listening to it and then I start crying because obviously this girl that I really loved that I was far away from sent it to me and the fucking lyrics are, come home, come home, because you see what I see and I need you here with me. And I'm like, oh, my God. Beautiful. <laughs> I miss you. Oh. And then I discovered then, I think one or two, because I have this thing when I discover new music, I don't go like, oh, this is interesting. Who's this person? Let me find more and listen to more shit. I'm like, I'm going to obsess about this one song until I hate it. <laughs> and that lasted two or three weeks. And I was like, all right, I fucking, nice. I've heard it enough. I need to listen to something else. And then I found then, and then I never fucking looked back. <laughs> then has been my most, my number one most listened to song on Spotify and anything nice. else on for the last three years. <laughs> And probably this year as well. Actually, no, because someone yeah, it's God took their now, fucking really. songs off of the, the internet. Why? It's not even my fault. There's an issue with the distribution, uh, distribution service. They, I've been looking into it for about a year now. Well, you have, I'm yeah. not sure when it happened. But there's an issue with the... It's called DistroKid, the distribution service. I use. Okay. Essentially, they just banned me out of nowhere. They just, I got an email one day saying, uh, basically, F you, you're blocked, uh, go F yourself and have a nice time. What the what? fuck? And what can you do about that? I asked nothing. I asked them, what's up with that? What happened? Like, uh, and they're like, sorry, we can't give you any more information. Uh, that's it. So I started Googling this stuff, like, because there was a very standard message in, in the email. Mm. And I thought, okay, maybe this, somebody else had this issue. And I found, like, threats on Reddit and all the boards and stuff. And apparently lots of people are having this issue. Wow. Can you not go to a different distributor? Yeah, I've done that now. Okay. But <laughs> so I, I went to a different service and that's fine. But then I also realized, well, if I'm going to re-upload the old albums, I want to do a remaster. You did. You, you actually did. Yes. That Okay, so that's why the first album is now remastered back up there. Yep. Because ah, I figured yeah. if I'm going to put it back up, well, hell with it. I'm just going to remaster the whole thing. So I figured I could do that in like one or three weeks. It took me six weeks. And <laughs> you got your second chance. You did a great job, by the way. You sound amazing. Thank you. Yeah. So what do you think of my little story? It's really cute. <laughs> I just wanted to tell you that, man, because it's like... I fucking idolize you, man. Like I've been listening obsessively <laughs> to that song and I've been showing it and I have so many, so many fucking stories about how I introduced people uh, to that song. I will definitely vouch for it. I think there, I lost the count of how you many are times, one of them. you are how one many of them. times Mike just put, puts on Dan and like, it's like the exact <laughs> thing that needed to be in the background right now. It's always on point, man. It's, I put that song and I'm like, cause I'm like doing stuff. And I, you mentioned you, you, you think uh, you're on the spectrum, right? I self-diagnose as synesthetic. You know, Same. 
Yeah. Me too. So then, like, I, I'm on a That's Snickers on a Snickers I'm trip. I'm hearing you're saying you're synesthetic. I've mentioned this before. Maybe not to you, but yeah, I've, I've told other people about this. For me, it's always just been like, this is what I mentioned before with the numbers. I always yes. had this weird thing, and I've tried to explain it to my parents when I was little, which was probably why they sent me to the child psychiatrist. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. But anyway, like, yeah. when I smell something, I also hear it. And when I hear something, I also taste it. And when I see something, I also physically feel it and so on. It's Are we the same person? Like, overlapping, probably. <laughs> Dude, I have the, yeah, the exact same thing. So, like, I'll be, we'll be tripping on Snickers or something. Um, and then like, you know, music is happening. And then at some point on the trip, I'm like, I know what needs to happen. And then I'm like, I'm just taking out the music and it was like, what are you doing? I'm like, shut the fuck up. And I'm putting the song in and it's like, oh, this is, this is perfect. And it's like, I, fuck. I made so many people cry. You did. I did. Nice. I did. I, I Good job. With then. <laughs> I'm just doing my work, sir. Aye, aye, really? captain. <laughs> Using your power for my power. <laughs> Good job, soldier. Yes. Yeah, so I really, I really fucking love your music, man, and I'm, I'm, uh, I'm stoked that I'm talking to you. I'm really glad to be here, man. I could tell you were pretty excited, so that's pretty fun. <laughs> so I have, okay, here's a question. So I just described this process of emotion towards you, who obviously you're, you know, you're famous, a musician, an artist. I'm not famous, bro. It doesn't me. fucking matter, man. You're more famous than I am. <laughs> People know about you. You talked to... So, okay, that's... Okay, I need to structure my questions. So, I said all these things to you. Do you have... Like, do you have people that you have that same feeling to towards? Yeah, man. I was... That you also got I to, like, meet and talk away. with. Yeah, there was a few years ago. Um, there's a song I made called Rain. Yep. Off my yeah. first album. And somehow, I don't freaking know how that happened. Uh, I made a video for it. It yep. was great and all, and that was out on YouTube for a while. I think it got pulled down because there's some nudity in there. Um, nice. I can't remember what happened. <laughs> That's what Daddy <laughs> likes. Anyway, a singer called Boa Bruce, uh, okay. a, a lady from England. She she heard this song. She was like really famous over there. She was on like X Factor or Idols. Oh, okay. I can't remember what it was on there. Um, anyway, she hooked up with this guy. Um, and it turns out he was actually one part of the group Zero Seven. Which was Dude, uh, like, I fucking love Zero Seven. Are you kidding me? Yeah, me too. They were like literally oh. my biggest inspiration for over a decade. That I makes love sense. those guys so much. That makes sense. Yes. And, and basically, you know, her and him were dating, and she showed him the music video for Rain, and God. they're both like, "Dude, this video is amazing. We gotta contact this new Geo dude and, and have him make our next music video." Wow. So, <laughs> and you did. I'm losing my breath here. <laughs> Anyway, they, they contacted me and she's like, hey, I'm here with Zero Seven and we really like your music oh video. God. We really want you to make our next music video. And I'm like, yeah, you're joking. Fuck you. So wait, which one did you make? Uh, it's, a, it's not a Zero Seven video. It's a different project that they have. Oh. Called Ecuador. And, wait, and she that. produced it and she's singing on it. And anyway, they, I made the video. We were Skyping online and they called me and I was like, oh, wow, it's really them. Holy fuck. And I was just like completely awestruck. <laughs> <laughs> and I told them like, oh my God, you're like my biggest inspiration. And, stuff. and they're like, okay, yeah, sure, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> About his video though. Yeah, yeah. So like, right, can but you anyway, do it? Uh, we, we made the video. It's called Blood. Okay. Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, and I'm that, bookmarking that was this. great. And like a few weeks, uh, okay, few we're watching months this later, I think I was going to uh, to London, hmm. and that's where they are. So I was like, "Hey, I'm in London. Do you guys want to say hi or something? London? Get a drink?" And they're like, "Fuck yeah, come to the pub and, and 
we went out and had a bunch of beers and just sat and talked for all night. Dude, that's fucking cool. That is so cool. And I, the whole time I was literally just trying not to giggle. I know. <laughs> well, that's me right now. Uh, I've had that with uh, Ilvis from Norway. You know them? Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know the name. I used to I used to date this girl in, in England uh, and she was a huge Ilvis fan and she was like part of the global fan club or whatever and we got vip tickets in uh stockholm to, nice. to go and to see them live and because we had vip we're like i was i was basically where the like line of the center of the stage front row nice. uh i was right there like in the middle and then at some point they just they're like any any men in the room and i'm like ah! and they're like <laughs> any brave man want to come up stage and then like all the girls around me were like pointing at me and i was like me me ah, ah. and then they like this <laughs> strong norwegian women grabbed my butt and pushed me over like this huge <laughs> fence thing and then like this me. i got up there and they gave me a fucking lap dance nice live okay. on stage you know, it's filmed on youtube fucking it's on i'll send it man, to you it's on youtube it's funny and i'm just there like oh fuck yeah and then after at the, at the after party they're like dude thank you so much for being cool about this like we were worried because it's the first time they did that with someone and it was a guy and it was me and they're like we didn't know who we were gonna get and we're like oh, <laughs> maybe it was like a homophobic guy or something or someone yeah, gonna punch us know. and i was like dude are you fucking i was dude i was i got a semi I can't lie. Man. Can't lie. <laughs> yeah, it was great. And then we met up the next day because we were we were staying at the same hotel. We met up the next day at nice. breakfast, and I was like, "Hey, what's up?" And my girlfriend was like, at the time, stoked. She was like, <gasps> "And we were passing each other on the hallway to breakfast." I'm like, "Oh, hey, man, what's up?" And they're like, "Oh, Mike, I missed you last night." And I'm like, "Oh, yeah, man, you too, baby. You're so cool. The bed was so cold." And my girlfriend was like, "He's talking to you." And I'm like, "Yeah, man, we're just having, you know, we're just having a chat. It's cool. We're just we're bros, you know, friends, like." I, I've learned that. Did you know about this? Like, I've learned that early on uh, that what you're supposed to do with like famous people or whatever, someone you idolize, is is to just act cool because they're they're so fed up with they're like, oh, all right, I know you love me, you idolize, whatever. You just be like, hey man, what's up? You know, that's yeah. a, something I learned off the internet. <laughs> you just wait. Until it's always this a tricky thing, launches. you know. I've I've met a few of of my idols. Also, when I was uh, 15, I got signed to Universal wow. Music. Um, oh, and I got to meet some of my Danish idols. It was a Danish division of Universal Music. And there was this, uh, I don't know if you know them. They're like totally out of most people's memory by now. They're called Hampenberg. Hampenberg. No. Like, most people don't know. They made this really famous song called Duck Toy, I think. Okay. It was like, wee, wee, wee. <laughs> what the <laughs> fuck? like a little duck squeezy, squeezy <laughs> toy. And that's like the whole thing. It was like 2000s or something, you know, uh, way like back. like the crazy frog thing. Yeah, yeah, it was that whole thing era of music. Jesus Christ. Like, and I met the those guys that robot? had the label yeah. and I was just like, you know, nearly pissing myself with excitement. Wow. That's cool. And then, you know, he, he turned out to be a really chill dude and taught me a lot of stuff. And, you know, that was pretty nice. Oh, wow. So you were 15 when you got signed with Universal. Yeah. Holy shit, dude. What were you doing? What was that like? What were you doing at the time? Like I was just in school. You know, I was thinking I was in 10th grade at the time. And my, my friend and I, my friend Daniel and I, he, uh, we made this remix of a song. And without my knowing, because he liked it so much, I thought it was just whatever. But he really liked the remix, so he sent it in as a demo to the to the label there. And, wow! And they called us back like the same day. They called him on the phone, and they were like, "Dude, this is amazing! You guys gotta come in here." 
Wow. Uh, <laughs> so they, they, they told us to come in like later that day. And we did like right after school. And next thing you know, we're signed. Holy shit, dude. And what, how, how long, what was that like? What, what were you doing with Universal? Oh, well, well, that's also part of the reason why I despise labels and the whole business so much, actually. Yeah, you mentioned that in the other podcast. You, you had a whole segment about how evil the industry is. <laughs> is it still like that, like three years later? Um, well, the industry has changed a lot since then, for sure. Mm, okay. But also, I, I'm just generally of the conviction that huge industries and corporations are not your friend. No, they're out for profit. They're business. That's how it works, you know, and that's fine. Yeah. But it's it's not the kind of vibe that I want to get with. Mm. We had some interesting experience. I learned a lot. I met a lot of really talented people, a lot of really cool people, both musicians and just business people, marketing people and people who knew what they were doing in the business. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, I got a lot of pointers and people were just really nice and introduced me to different places and such. And, you know, I, I made some, some nice money so that I could buy some gear and stuff and really get started with that. Hmm. Well, some of the gear I'm using today, like my my studio monitors, are still from that time. They're like 12, 13 years old now. Wow. Are they like violins? Do they get better with age? <laughs> I, I don't know. Actually. They sound just fine, though. They had like a 10-year guarantee when I bought them, but that's that's way old, you know, but oh, yeah. they still sound great. So what – I'm curious, how different did the music sound uh, – like how different Neo Geo's music sounded when he was 15 versus now? It was terrible, dude. <laughs> I mean, it was good enough for Universal to like you, man. Eh. Eh, eh. It wasn't. It was fine. They're like, shit. We need to fill out those like <laughs> LGBTQ forms. We need someone like from not America. Who do we but got? got Denmark. To, Let's do my it. My favorite thing was that they did a. They asked me to do a remix for uh, some other people's uh, new single, and I ended up actually on the same vinyl as Above and Beyond, which I thought was really cool. Nice. Okay. Is there wow. any chance we can find this music you were putting out in yeah. 2015? Um, I, <laughs> YouTube I really don't want to mention it. It's not going to happen. Oh. I'm so sorry. Damn it. We're going to do our homework, don't you? Worry, we're going to research. Yeah. We'll I think if you really search for it, you'll probably find it. It's, it's so you're telling me there is a chance. To find. There is a chance. There is a chance for I'm sure. Like find other people have found it over the time. Like I'm going to People find still out. contact okay. me like every now and then. Like, are you that guy from this time and that stuff? And I'm like, oh, yeah. Me, I am not that guy anymore. Yeah, because there's no way I could ask you how it sounded like. Is anything that happened? <laughs> how long well, back ago? Back then, was I was it? only doing like dance, trance, techno kind of stuff. Yeah, wow. but also 12 years old, or how much you said. Like, it's ha it has to has to look bad to you right now. Yeah, but that's the thing, right? When you do anything and you look back after a certain amount of time, yeah, exactly. Everything is cringy. Silly. Like kids. <laughs> what? <laughs> um, do a lot of kids, Mike? No. <laughs> I mean, I've committed genocide on all the kids, if you know what I mean. Oh, yeah, but, you know. oh wow. <laughs> um, what was I going to say? Uh, I don't know why. When you asked that question, I thought of polka. I was like, oh, polka. what did the music sound like? I'm like, burr, 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 burr. I don't It was all just like 140 BPM techno dance <laughs> strand stuff. Uh, not something I do a lot of things. I'm still like, I still love that vibe, hmm. but I tend to do it a bit slower and a little bit more uh, contemplative, if you could say so. Yeah. You could. I'll yeah, go for it. I can like see. Sola, you mentioned, for example, and that's essentially a yes. dance trans beat, but just kind of slow. It's really good. <laughs> Thank you. So, okay, okay. Since you mentioned Sola, what's the what's I'm because it's obsessing me, right? What's then about? What was what's then's story? That's the only question I had prepared for today. 
Ah, shit. I'm so sorry. <laughs> no worries. I stole I your got fucking out there. No, shine. I just wanted to be out there. Not the fact that I wanted to ask Oh, okay. Yeah. I, what's the story? Do you have a story? Because you mentioned you had a yeah. podcast. Like, make 200, like, whatever. What was it? 100 songs per... Two per week. Per year, pretty yeah. much. That's, yeah. I make about 100 per year. It's like at least That's one every week, but usually a couple of songs I write every... But very few of those actually ever get finished. It's only right. like maybe 20 songs I finish in a year. Okay. So, does then have a story? Yes, so <laughs> every song definitely has. I a hope story I'm not going to be disappointed. <laughs> well, at the time, this was written in like uh, I think 2014, 15, something like that, and I was really okay. listening to a lot of Bonobo and R2D2. No way, was it R D D Two D? I can't remember his name. R D Two D. It's like yeah, it's really similar to the Star Wars droid, but it's not that. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, and I was listening to a lot of this stuff, and I just. I had this really weird feeling like we were saying before about how I certainly believe that the universe exists all at once and time is an illusion. And I was wow. just thinking, what if 10 years from now, I get really nostalgic about a time that has occurred in the past. And I was just thinking back then. Back then when things were okay. Back then when things were fine. Back mm. then it when makes- I wasn't so sad. You know what? It makes so much sense. (laughs) And it's just a feeling of nostalgia. That's what it's about to me. That is exactly... As a a fan and a listener and whatever, that is exactly what's coming across from that song. That is 100% what I'm feeling. I'm listening to it and I'm like, it just... (sighs) I can recall all the nights you and me, Colleen, were on our balcony, on my balcony... Eating Snickers. I swear you were about to say on your bat or something. Well, <laughs> well, in my bathtub, naked. <laughs> uh, no, on, our, on on my balcony, uh, eating Snickers, and having this like that song in the background. I just remember like I would sort of do this thing with my hands, and it's like beep, beep, beep. <laughs> it's like oh, I'm sorry, I'm just obsessed. I've I've heard it so many times. I, I can... love doing stuff with my hands when I listen to music, man. <laughs> I can I can hear individual tr- individual tracks of the song. So like I remember the tempo of the hi hat. It's like yeah, the specific beat of it. Yeah, it's very simple. It's just a very simple loop. I I make a few small variations on it, but it's very very straightforward. It after in November after the the big thing happened in my life, I decided I was going to be like starting to get into voice acting and stuff, and I made a TikTok. And I saw these people do the like the Wellerman thing, where they like sort oh, of yeah. do the, the the song and like a, they duet each other, and then like it's more and more people singing the song yeah, together yeah, yeah. in a choir. And I, I I wanted to start this thing where I do different instrument tracks because I can beatbox so I, and like sing or whatever. And then I, I was gonna do different things, and then was one of the songs I was gonna do. I was gonna like you know make a video of just like the drum like whatever that, and then. Nice. A week later, do a duet myself with like another track and then another track and then like have the complete song at the end. But I got lazy, uninstalled TikTok because it's a waste of fucking time. And then I was like, well, whatever, you know. I installed TikTok once for about 20 minutes and then I realized it was actual cancer. (laughs) Yeah. Well, do you know what? It's. It gets better. I have a love hate relationship with it. Because it gets better. Because it's like sometimes you get some really fucking either cool, original really yeah, interesting yeah, videos exactly. sometimes you get like some really fun facts like their channels or whatever to do like fun facts and it's like oh this is easy to digest rather than you need some fucking 
a billion dollar fucking times whatever la times or some shit washington post journal it's just like oh i i understood in like seven seconds or whatever that's fine in 30 seconds i understood this concept that i didn't know before but then everything else is just kids it's i feel like a fucking pedophile it's just kids it's like i don't want to see kids on my feed doing like weird sort of etchy style dances there's definitely like there's definitely a lot of good content coming out of tiktok even twitter or reddit or all these platforms have definitely their golden moments no doubt about it because people are just out there being creative as hell and doing really cool stuff sometimes exactly doesn't matter what the platform is there's nothing personal about the platform that i don't like or do like it's just as a whole thing tiktok just screams evil to me I mean, it is a Chinese app that is known to track your data and all the crazy shit. So. Like every other yeah, app Yeah, but the thing there. is, they all do. The American exactly. apps do it. The European apps do it. The Asian apps do yeah, it. I've, I've had this dilemma of like, okay, would I rather the Americans know my... Uh, I'm not, I, wow, I sound really xenophobic or whatever. <laughs> but like, <laughs> I'm not racist, but... <laughs> we're from Eastern Europe, right? So we have different preconceptions about things, right? Sure. So I'm like... I'd rather have some American company do that that I know eventually is going to get hacked or whatever. It's going to be released. Rather than some Chinese company, which I know nothing of the country, nothing of the way they run things. I just know about all the evil shit that they do, none of the good shit. So I'm like, I'd rather, like, empirically, from what I know, I'd rather have an American company track me. Cause I, it's you just know, like the lesser evil. That's kind of how I see it as well. Yes. Like, they're both all, they're all pretty much just messed up in my eyes. But, yeah, you got to pick at some point. Yeah. Yeah, but on the same note, is it that really the lesser evil? Because you use American companies' services and software, right? But you're not really using Chinese software. So you are technically feeding the American company, giving them more power. Yeah, but if, more you, if you give more data to the Chinese people, which you don't use any of their app, and they don't really. Yet. You have a shallow and also, a lot of the American do. companies also have servers that they go all their data through in China. Like Apple, for yeah. example, a lot of their security features channel through Chinese servers. That's how I quit Telegram when I found out that they're funneling data through Russian servers. I was like, well, this was fun. There's also like right now, I just a few days ago, like a day or two ago, there was this issue where apparently um, America has been spying on Europe through Denmark. Oh, oh. hello. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and now there's like right now in Danish media, there's all this trouble about, ooh, we allowed uh, the Americans to spy on everybody really? else. And I'm just sitting here laughing because, come on, man, everybody spies on everybody. That's true. Yeah, but like you're, if you're not spying on somebody, you're just not in the game. And nobody yeah, but you're the one who took the, the blame for it. Yeah. You as to say here, you, <laughs> yeah. you were to be bun. Yeah, you were the weak fucking link, man. <laughs> <laughs> weak link! Should have kept those things more encrypted or whatever. <laughs> so I'm curious, uh, in the other podcast, you mentioned you were using Snapchat, which I personally found weird. Because you hated the whole concept, but you were using Snapchat. It's like, I know, right? Fuck. So what, what does your social media landscape look like now? Well, that's the thing, right? Because I, I barely ever really go on these things. I use Instagram as I well, know. but pretty much only for private messaging. There's like one or two people I speak to on there. Like I have a really good friend that I talk to every day on there. And mm-hmm. that's just the, the platform we prefer to use. And I don't really like to post a lot. It's just stressful to me. I don't like having to keep it up. I don't really like having like a secondary job yeah. where I have to post up and market myself and put up this image and stuff it's just so stressful i just want to do music i just want to make art uh and to have to think about all these other things just brings me down you can pay a marketing person right yeah some people are really into it and like some people make a living off of that stuff and i thought about that too but i'm not really very wealthy either so no fair enough 
you know, we have the same problem. <laughs> I know I when I imagine how this conversation and, and, and interview this fucking chat is going to be like, I, I did think about that at some point this is going to come up because because uh. uh, we do. Well, we don't do social. We we don't know how to do social media marketing. We just have an Instagram, a Facebook and a Twitter. And on Twitter, most of the times we forget to post. And then on Instagram and Facebook, we just post that simultaneously. And then it's like, all right, we'll just use some yeah. hashtags. And we only post like when an episode is out. And our, the episode before last, which came out last Monday, so last week, we have like free listens. Oh, there are three of them. Yeah. And then, and then yesterday's one has a six. Nice. Nice. <laughs> So I guess part two of Colleen's Egypt holiday story was not that interesting. I'm betting it was. I'll definitely be spreading this one. <laughs> what do you mean? I'll definitely be spreading this one. Like I'll send it to all the people. Oh I'm yeah, 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 yeah. Social stuff. Yeah, we, obviously we're gonna we're gonna do the same. I'm 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 still stoked. But yeah, so to be talking I, I to use now. Snapchat, but I barely ever post anything on there, and I use Instagram, but I barely ever post anything on there. I don't use Facebook at all, and I haven't since like 2014. So what's the? That's our basic yeah. social media routine. Yeah, what's? The, I just don't like them. It just stresses me out. How do you keep in touch with people? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Obviously, phone numbers, SMS, and and whatever. Right. Yeah. Yeah. What's Usually, I just, like, I just text with people. You know, a lot of people have like uh, on just uh, text. Some people like if they have iPhone, I can just use the iMessage, iMessage thing, yeah. and that's great. And then there's like one friend on my Instagram, but. Then again, I don't really talk to a whole ton of people. I'm kind of a small friend group kind of person. I don't really like to talk to a million people at the same time. So, because this is, okay, this is this is why I'm asking is, I was off the grid for like, what, five years as well? Uh, I think like four, four or five years. I was off the grid as well. I only used, at some point I stopped using WhatsApp because, you know, Facebook bought it and I was like, oh, fuck, this stupid. <laughs> and I just using Signal and then I... I yeah, I use WhatsApp to talk to my sister in Greece. Okay. Um, but then I, at some point, I, I had this like fantasy of like, oh, I'll start a company and do my own thing, or whatever. And then I, I was like, okay, I'm, uh, I'll do like social exposure because I'll have a company doing software and whatever. And then I'm like, I'll restart my social media sort of existence. Um, and then I did that. And then. The thing is, it's really fucking useful on a day-to-day -day basis. On a lot of things, it's really useful. Yeah. Uh -huh. And I hate it constantly, but it's it's useful. So yeah. like, but I'm a, I'm, of it all. I'm a nobody, right? So like for you, what, how do you, what does that look like on like a day-to-day -day thing for you in the sense of how do you get to, I don't know. I don't know how you release your music, how like the, the, the artistic sort of pathway. What is that like for you? that you can do it without having to talk to whatever important people on social media to help you with this and that or whatever. What well, is that? essentially I just post when I, when I release something, you know, I'll talk about it weeks prior up to the release. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I usually schedule my stuff far ahead, like a year ahead at least. And so I know when it's coming out so I can plan it and talk about it and I'll share it to my friends, to my Snapchat, to my Instagram and stuff. Mm. but even after I release stuff I'm just so lazy <laughs> and I kind of just depend on the fact that there are already people following my Spotify and, and, and Snapchat and Instagram and like SoundCloud and so on and like YouTube for example every year when I make an album I do this sort of animated feature yeah. with, where I show the continuity of the album art and yes. just zooming in and I post that you know uh, I could do so much more and people keep telling me go on Twitter go on Instagram post more post more post more I'm just like oh I don't wanna yeah 
we're the exact same. That's why we're like, oh, it's a fucking but post on is, fucking really social media. It really is very useful. I mean, you can't yeah. deny that social media dominates the whole marketing industry. And I know it. I'm keenly aware of it. And that also makes me hate it more. Yep. Same. I mean, so just the way you do it, you cannot sell music without letting people your music <laughs> exist. Exactly. It's very difficult. I'm sure I could actually triple my user, uh, my listener base uh, if I just actually participated more in all those things. But I, I, I'm kind of just a noob. I don't really know how it all actually practically works. Uh, I know how to post stuff, but uh, the whole game is tiring to me. It's exhausting. Yeah, I feel like it's just so superficial, and sure, some of it is just genuine for sure. But mm, I, I always feel so awkward and just fake when I when I present stuff. That's interesting because I have a similar <clears throat> sort of similar um, opinion about it, but from a different background. Because I grew up like on the internet, I grew up on Reddit and sometimes yeah, on four chan and shit like that, and. The, the thing why I hate it now is because of the privacy issues and because of um, the fact that I, you know, I, I'm living in the past and I'm missing the good old days when, can, when you can IRC people in your hometown uh, or, you know, shit like that, like stumble upon. We had we had a whole fucking like a bunch of episodes where we where we nostalgia bonered the whole conversation with this. Like, oh, do you remember <laughs> YouTube when it started out? It was so cool. And all the videos and yeah, people yeah, yeah. making like one video a week. And it's like, oh, it's the best thing of the week. And now it's like. I actually heard people on there was like a Twitter conversation that I randomly followed while I was taking a shit. Uh, and they were like, art, we don't call art art anymore. We call it content. And we're not artists, mm. we're content creators. Mm-hmm. And that puts a lot of pressure because you're not making mm-hmm. art like Da Vinci or whatever. It's like, oh, here's the thing that I've been, you know, stewing yeah. in my brain in my whole life. And blah. it's more like we need to fucking deliver shit daily weekly hourly to yeah and it's just consumption and that's what i really don't like about it you know it, with the advent of smartphones becoming more and more widespread yeah you know, i'm old enough to remember a time before smartphones were really a thing and that was a nice time you know where it wasn't so much in everybody's face all the time but now everybody has their phone in their hands like 24 7 myself included i hate it and the fact that we're just so constantly in it makes it so much less special i think that's true That is very true. I did know she wasn't so, but here we are. And it's just a natural evolution of life on the planet, I think. Uh, and, and we just got to kind of work with it. But uh, I have my personal limits as well. But there's just stuff I don't want to do. And I just prefer to keep my personal integrities. That's brave of you, man. I am. I am it's, weak. It's I'm costing weak. me dearly, but <laughs> I just, there's some lines I don't want to cross. Yeah, you're a soldier. Yeah, man. You are the infantry. <laughs> wow. Um, I don't. I feel like you know because I'm I'm fangirling over here. I don't want to fucking. Um, you I look wanna... very manly, though. Thank you. It's the beard. I look like a fucking seventeen-year-old with the, the the facial hair. <laughs> farmer I, boy. I feel Has like well, boy. yeah. I feel like a seventeen-year-old when I don't have my fucking facial hair. It's like a seventeen-year-old girl. Yeah, I'll feel I'll shave it and I'll be like, yes, daddy. <laughs> no, I'll be like, right, I guess you know, am I allowed to go out drinking with the guys tonight? I don't know. I feel awkward without my facial hair. <laughs> um, what was I gonna say is that I don't want to steal the whole conversation from from Colleen. I want ah, it's fine. I, 
<laughs> I know this is a special he's moment. He's going to poke. Yeah, he's gonna. that's exactly what I don't want to happen. You're going to be like, I, I let him do his thing because he loves the guy. And then I didn't want to interrupt their conversation. I don't want it to happen. <laughs> so, so why not? I don't. Just, just have it. it. Enjoy stuff. <laughs> ah, I'm talking to Neo Geo. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's what I was hoping for. Uh, yeah. I did have a lot of, uh, I was very anxious before we started. I was like, <laughs> I'm very like, easy to talk to most of the time. I'm, you, I'm not very complicated. You know what? You surprisingly are. Like on Monday when we had like our call, I was like, oh, wow, this is really fucking chill. And I was like, holy shit. That <laughs> I did. Okay. Wow. Because like in that, in the other video, I don't know how edited yet that interview was, but you were like, all right, you know, Q&A, whatever, talking about important things. And here we just start, like on Monday and today we're just hit it up and you're like yo what up bitch and it's like wow <laughs> shit okay well for me the, the, i've traveled a lot in my life i've been a lot of places in the world i love talking to people and just getting to know people and i've always been really interested in just communication as a concept and how people get information across to each other and misunderstandings and clarity of, of communication and there's just so many things that in human history, when you look back, you can see a lot of the wars and a lot of the conflicts are really just due to misunderstandings and ideologies and stuff. And one thing I've learned as much as I've traveled is just everybody really just wants the same thing. People just want to feel safe and valued and productive and do something good with their lives, whether that's, you know, making music or building really cool cars or, you know, making sweaters. I don't know what people like, but... People just want to do nice stuff and feel safe and happy. It doesn't matter where you're from. And I just always wanted to be able to get along with people. I hate conflict. I hate when people argue. I don't like fighting. And to me, it just seems easier to just get along. Ladies and gentlemen, this might be the first episode where episode where a, where a guest is going to make me cry. <laughs> That's well, I, I've seen a lot of struggle and I've seen a lot of fighting and arguing in my life, and it's just it's so pointless a lot of the time. It's just yeah frustrations. People get upset about the littlest things because they don't feel valued and they get frustrated with their own lives and they take it out on others, and it's so pointless and it just it's hindering process progress. I mean. Um, how long just, sad to me how long did it take to come to this conclusion how many years um, I've pretty much felt this way my entire life oh wow okay because I don't know the, the age difference between us but I'm gonna be 29 in like a month uh, I'm 35 oh, okay um, so yeah because I've heard you talk in the other interview about this sort of tangential type of stuff about that you were talking about now and now obviously and it's like, wow, I'm going through that. But like, it took me a lot of good years to sort of build up to this conclusion. The hard thing is really just putting it into words and making the point clearly. Because I think I've always had this feeling. I've always made these observations that there are so many issues going on. There's so many arguments that shouldn't be even happening. Yeah. But to actually articulate that properly in a way that makes sense according to how you really feel that now that's really difficult that's the same as you're when you're writing a song you have a feeling inside your head you have a melody inside your head maybe but putting that out into the real world is that's where the work is at yeah and the same with communication and the same with articulating really complex feelings and ideas it's hard work what colleen was laughing i'm laughing because we had the exact same i mean you were telling me the exact same thing like two hours ago wait what <laughs> when <laughs> <laughs> on the car to your home 
right? And you were telling me, like, you have this feeling, like, how the fuck do I put it into words? It's like this, but it's like that, but it's also this, but it's also that. Like, how oh, do you, yes, how do you yes, phrase yes. this thing? Oh, my God. There's today. Today was a fucking horrible day for me. And uh, I felt like when I met up with him to come here to record this, I felt, again, see, this is, I don't know how to put it into words. I felt like in a twilight zone. I felt like I there's a lot of shit that's going on in my life right now. A lot of shit. Yeah. And I like what? Go ahead, but just briefly mention everything. Don't go on tangent. Uh, <laughs> my mom died in November of COVID. My grand my my, my it's you know. Wait, 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 hold on. There's more. Uh, but, uh, but hold on, there's more. <laughs> my dad got kicked out of the house because of my crazy grandparents, my mom's parents. Uh, then my grandma has got cancer um and she's dying uh that's where i was when we called each other monday and today would have been my mother's birthday uh so today oh, was like wow, an really? accumulation yeah yeah she would have been like 50 something 53 4 i guess whatever um and today was like a whole accumulation of things happening yeah a, a lot of stuff uh, and then when I met up with him, I was like, dude, I feel like in a fucking twilight zone. I feel like it's weird because I've, I've been doing a lot of therapy recently, the last few months, and I've been reading and being into a lot of like philosophy stuff and psychology stuff. And it just it feels Fine. so dis disconnected. Like I feel I, I felt today the most time most of the day I felt like like i was like reality is not real like i'm not who i am like yeah. nothing makes sense like i am not a human and it's like what is the meaning of anything it's just, i was just in like mm -hmm. a limbo twilighty sort of state the whole day and it's, it's just like can't feel right it's like i don't know if you it's like when you're coming off of the snickers trip i keep saying that and you're gonna ask me at some point what that means and i'm probably I gonna tell gonna you ask before are you sponsored by snickers or something no <laughs> we could have been we wished we no. tried to but it didn't they didn't I like our message. You mentioned it 11 times already, dude. What? Snickers. We promise, we, right. we promise it will make sense at the end. <laughs> I mean, we can show him what it means without capturing it on audio because not, we're not filming. It, a Snickers is one of these. Ah. Yeah. Uh, we just, you know, it's, it's where you go. <clears throat> uh, <laughs> yeah, so when you're, when you're like really on the top of it and it just feels like nothing makes sense. And reality is and synesthesia and all the shit. Yeah. I've been feeling that way my whole life, man. I feel like there's so much yeah. horror and terrible things in the world all the time. It's just fighting, violence, terrible things. But there's also so much beauty. There's so many beautiful things happening. Weird, People are it? so good to each other. People are so amazing and creative and kind and wholesome all the time, every day, everywhere in the world. Is that but we get drowned with all this negativity as well. And it's very... Uh, there's a lot of uh, articles everywhere. There's essentially just clickbaiting you to get enraged. Now, there's this term, what's it called? Like rage bait or whatever. Yeah. Essentially, you know, there's a lot of articles out there that tend to try to get you upset about something just so you can, like, it's manufactured outrage or something. There's another term like that. And it's so silly. Like, you see all these good things to this cute cats as well. But that's also <laughs> a lot of really weird fake stuff people reposting the same image over and over again to get karma on red and stuff like that yeah it's weird and people are good people are bad and people what is even weird good what is even bad people are just fucking weird it's the weirdest species i've ever come across for sure i mean you know to, to our knowledge we are the only other species 
in the universe with conscience and rationality and all that. As far as we know. As far as we know, as yes. As we know. So, you know, we are the only example. I, it's, I, you know what? Weird to bring that up because I just, I think we mentioned this last week as well. I read, I, I read um, Victor Frankl's Man's Search for Meaning. And nice. that's, I love in the book, it says exactly the thing. Like, we are the same people who invented the gas chambers and we are the yeah. same people who were thrown into gas chambers. We're, mm. we're all, we're the same people. We're human. It's like, what? <laughs> You entered the egg. <laughs> oh yeah, do you know about Help the egg? Again. Help me again. Who, who oh did? yeah, love that story. Thank there you. you go. Thank you. <laughs> I remember Kaleen was so pissed off when when Kurtz Kazak did a video about it. It's like no, it was like my underground thing that I only knew about that I get to show people, I had and now everyone's <laughs> gonna know about it. Yeah, I had like this such a big <laughs> selfish so fixation of it because I I just came across of it randomly. I have no idea how I found it. Yeah, me too. Like years ago, like way back. Probably an article and on high existence, which who, who I came across it? from StumbleUpon. Who wrote it? Andy Weir. Oh, yeah, okay. Andy yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So I found that one, and I was like, once I read it, like my it's changed my whole perspective on how things are. I mean, life in general. Yeah. I really like the whole concept of it. I'm trying not to spoil it, but I would always show it to people. I would what I like to impress, like. I, I deem you're yeah. worthy to read this, so <laughs> go ahead and read this. I just show the Neo Geo then. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Uh, Your it's a really nice story. It definitely makes you stop and think for a moment. Puts things into perspective a bit. Yeah. The overview of I think everybody should read the egg if they haven't. It's a nice short story, and it's really good. It is. It is. It's beautiful. I think Asimov had a bunch of stories that were sort of similar to that one. The last question, the last answer. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's the one. I think I've read that one. Uh, there's there's another, that's the name of one of his stories? No, it's two stories. Asimov? It's the last question and the last answer. Yeah. I think. Yeah, That's really the title good. of the story? So it's two stories. One's called The Last Answer and the other one's called oh, The Last okay. Question. See, I'm not familiar with it. Yeah, yeah, It's Asimov stuff. It's one of the short stories. They're also short. Yeah, he's a genius. Oh, I fucking love him. I read the whole Foundation series when I was in London. I'm it's so afraid of it right now. <gasps> he is because he started reading that famous Chinese uh, sci-fi thing, the three-body problem. Well, actually, you're... oh yeah, that's fun. That is, but it's way too much fun if you ask me. I've never <laughs> seen him this passionate about anything, <clears throat> maybe except Jim, but I've never seen you that passionate about anything. So just picture that until I think, well, till tw- 2020, I would usually do my whole reading on airplanes. And maybe yeah. how much you'd have. Good time to read. Yeah, it's the best time to read. <laughs> the only time to read, if you ask me. So that gives me maybe about four books a year, I think, which are just for uh, enjoyment, not technical, not for work, not anything else. And when was it? A month ago, I went on um, a vacation to Egypt and I just took a book I had nice. in my, on my shelf because I got the first and the second volume as presents two years ago. <laughs> yeah, not bad. Like, with an output of four books a year, that's it's, it's still good. It's yeah, still fine. It's pretty I good. have older books there that I need I'll to read. accept it. And I just like, I know I have this thing. It's a sci-fi about a Chinese guy. And I don't really want to read self-help, so I'll just take that one. It took me, <laughs> I think, 30 pages to get completely obsessed about it. And I thought initially it was fine. I was like, this is like a 300 pages book. It's fine. The other one's probably 400. It's fine again. And now I'm in the third book, and in order to finish everything, it ends up being 1,700 pages. Total. Total. That's a nice afternoon. Oh, that's a nice month if you ask me. 
That's a nice maybe two years for me. It would probably been two years. I, mean, I need to mention this because I'm on also have vacation right now, so I'm not working, and half of the day Slacker. I'm spending reading, so I don't just sit my ass on YouTube. He does. That's how I got that, that deep into it. But yeah, I haven't been so much deep into a book like for freaking ever. <laughs> just like how much? How long did it took me? Like twenty five years until I got into sci fi. Yeah. What was wrong with me this whole life? That's what happened with me when I started reading Foundation. I was like, I love this. Why have I never read this before? <laughs> I really want to read more of that stuff too. I really haven't. I've mostly just encountered it from talking about it with other people or I've seen like uh, thematizations or it's just like some series have been made like from like, what was it? Um, Ex Machina, for example, really interesting oh, yeah. movie. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that was based on a lot of the Asimov stuff as well. And yeah, yeah, yeah there's a lot of obviously. interesting ideas out there where I really only know the headlines and I've just kind of thought about these ideas and then I'll like stumble upon it like later in life some other people would say hey check out this book and I'm like oh right that's a that's something that I heard about but I yeah. never really got into the depths of it I just tend to get stuck on like a particular philosophical topic like the whole three body problem is really really interesting because it really makes you think about distance and time and relation to everything else in the universe and what it means to mean anything yeah, I'll take it. Did you ever get to the second book? Because they have like I I so love the way they the the, the way the author in a sci-fi can create a problem. Cause they have like this weird thing where uh so basically there's humans and there's the aliens for anybody who doesn't know. And eventually they will have to fight each other. But I think it's like four hundred years across. But the aliens can see and know every the whatever humans do, aliens know it. Just like instantly it's live television for them and we have no idea what they're doing so the whole premise of the book is how can you devise a a plan to defend earth so that aliens don't know about it so you cannot write about it you cannot speak with anybody about it you cannot do anything Mm -hmm. okay so i'm gonna spoil it right now (laughs) they took like four people they call them wall facers and each one of them they have to devise their own plan and they're not allowed to speak with anybody about it uh-huh. Of course, they'll have to come every now and then and tell people like you have to research this or you have to do that and you have to do that. But they have to also lie and be very mischievous about it. So nobody mm. actually figures it out. Mm. And they have unlimited power. Like they can do whatever they fucking want. <laughs> That's nice. It's like a good thing. Have you read it? No, I have not. I've only heard about it. I really do oh, okay. it at some point. I've always had this dream that one time I'm just going to get a house in the middle of nowhere and live by myself and be a total hermit. And then I'm going to read a thousand books. Wow. I have the same thing, but on a boat. Originally, I was planning on an island, but that's too expensive. Yeah. Yeah, I see it. Get a boat. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to retire on a fucking boat and just roam the seas yar and eat fish i need the ocean i want <laughs> the ocean thing ice. is i really want cats and um, <laughs> i'm not sure how much they would love living on a boat um, although i'm sure some do it i've got a dog depends how big the boat is though if that's a big enough boat i mean you get a yeah. <laughs> but you get a helicopter <laughs> yeah exactly one of those landing pads just start using instagram and buy <laughs> buy the yeah, biggest <laughs> yacht <for a> cat. <laughs> oh wow we've covered some ground uh, you mentioned the sci-fi thing, which reminded me there was this song on your last album that came out, like, when was it? Last October or something, right? Yep. Last October yeah. 19th, I think. Yeah. That was on that day. I was driving over the weekend to meet this girl in another city. And then on, I think 
either on my way there or my way back is when I was like, all right, I've got like four hours. I'm going to put the new album on. And there was one song, and I can't remember because I haven't seen the, the albums in your music in, in that many months. But there was this one song that sounded very spacey, but then birds started singing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and it was like, whoa, this is this sounds like Solar Field or Stellar Drone or like any space ambient band or whatever. And then it's like, oh, well, there's a song on track 11 called Gone. And then right after is literally just a recording that I made in the morning. Of yes. Birds singing outside That's the last song, right? I think it's the la next to last. Right. Yeah, I remember. It's just it's just birds and it's nature. Literally just birds and rain is the track is literally just called Birds and Rain at 420 a.m. Yes, that was it. <laughs> I like it. Wow. Why? Oh, I was just recording one morning. I was up all night working and I opened the window to get some fresh air and I noticed it was raining and the birds were singing. And I thought, oh, that's really nice. I'm going to put up my stereo microphone, just put it in the window and just let it sit there for a while because there was no traffic noise. It was so early. It was like, in, I think it was in March or something. And there was no traffic noise yet. Everyone was sleeping. There was no humming, no buzzing, no anything. Just the birds, just the rain. And I thought it was so nice. That's the best. Rain is my favorite season. <laughs> rain is your favorite season. <laughs> yeah. Rain's fucking great, man. Rain it's, is awesome. I have this one song that I always put on when it's, well, except for then, which is another song that I always put on. But I have this, uh, I'm really into Viking stuff. Um, nice. We're and, going there. Huh? We're going there. Yeah. Oh, well. No, because you don't. I haven't shown you that one that many times. Uh, it's a song called Baldur from Ossi and the Jupiter. I'll I take think. your word for it. And it's just like this really fucking sad cello playing, but it's sad but powerful. Sad, not like mm -hmm. mopey. It's more like yeah, like it <laughs> it it feels like uh divine sort of like the gods like a god's mm -hmm. level of sadness you know it feels like fucking Baldur's, yeah well it feels like Baldur's actually dying from the fucking mistletoe arrow or whatever and it's like oh that's really sad and then it's raining and it's like oh, this is the fucking best this is great this is <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> there are a few videos on my phone of, of me recording with that thing in the background it's like yeah there you go that's what's happening. That's what's happening. That this is it. There's still to this day. Sometimes I'll just open the window if it's raining. I'll just sit there and listen to it for a while. Yes, hot cocoa, thunderstorm, and a book. Oof, <laughs> that's a semi right there. Yeah, but thunderstorms are different than normal rain. Because I would take any time of thunderstorm. Yeah, but rain, like, it depends. Because there's nice rain. London rain. Eh. Oh come on, it's doable. Yeah. So when you say rain, and I'm thinking in a good like I'm thinking like summer rain. I know. The one like it's, you're thinking of Romanian rain, not not London rain. <sighs> London rain's Romanian pissed. summer rain because autumn fall oh, rain is just shit. Okay, you That's mean like the, the the fast? Yeah, the one quick. that you kind of almost feel like you want to run through it. Just to feel the water hitting you. Yeah. But not the one that's mm. in the fall when everything is cold and soggy and like, eh. <laughs> soggy. That one I don't like. But also just for me listening to the rain, I've always had this weird thing. When I listen to water, I hear melodies in it because it's literally just a bunch yes. of different frequencies overlapping constantly, like a whole spectrum of just random noise, essentially. And I tend to hear melodies within that. I know it's not actually there, but I it sounds like I can hear melodies. And it's really inspiring to me to just hear that. The, the, when I first made that recording, the, the rain one for the sixth album there, mm. um, 
I originally just sat and listened to that rain and I put up my headphones and I started playing a little bit of piano and just made some weird, weird chords oh. and started stringing some stuff together and that became another track. Um, just, just listening to the rain, I hear all these melodies. The same when I'm doing my dishes and I let the water run while I'm washing and I hear all these sounds in, in the water running and I don't know why, but it's there. There is a thing with water streams and this mm -hmm. is something I know from when I was like a kid and I was really into astrology and like I'm a cancer, so like my element is meant to be water or whatever. And then like I always tried this and it worked. But like, you know, you had those YouTube videos of like, oh, relaxing, meditation, whatever. And it's usually a stream. If it's like nature, oh, it's like birds or whatever. But like there's ones for stream. And then me knowing they're like, oh, cancer or water or whatever. I used to listen to those and they're really fucking great. And then when we went, we went uh, to the mountains, you and I, Colleen. Yeah. Uh, and nice. when we went to the waterfall, it's just like I could... I could sit here forever. I just love the water and the sound of the I went, water. I went like, a, I'm not sure, you don't call it mountain climbing. What do you call it? It's just hiking. I, there's some yeah. low mountains up in, uh, in northern New York state. There's a bunch of mountains up there. Like, not huge ones, but the biggest one I climbed was like, what, two and a half, three kilometers, I think. Um, and you're just like, mostly gentle walking. There's a few steep things you got to climb through, but... It was raining one time there, and I just sat and stopped on top of the mountain and oh. just sat and enjoyed the rain. It was up so high at the point that there was like these, what do you call them? It's like these big birds of prey, you know, they're flying around. But you were actually above them, and I could look down on them. Just oh, wow. Around. That was really nice. Wow. Very scenic. I've never been that high. <laughs> Are you sure? Uh, well... Well, not not up a mountain. <laughs> no, anyway. not, definitely not altitude wise. Hey, <laughs> wow. Um, I just thought of my. I was. I'm still trying to compile my top five Neo Geo songs. It's Probably this is then, not the best then, 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 then. Yeah, then, 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 then. No, it's it's then. Uh, retrospect. Uh, Sola, Vina, and Hold. No, Need. Which one's the one where? I need somebody to hold because it's the. That's hold. Okay, hold. Yeah, that's number five. I tend to actually overlap a lot of my lyrics. A lot of my lyrics have the same words in them, or mm. like even a few words in a row. So what's the story with uh, retrospect? Oh, actually, that wasn't my. I didn't write that song. So essentially, I heard this song on SoundCloud a while back. It was just like somebody uploaded this demo. It had like a hundred plays. Okay. I don't know. I was just stumbled on it like a recommendation. You know, it shows you like, hey, check out this artist. Yeah. And I thought, hey, retrospect, that sounds cool. And I just immediately listened to it. And it's this Canadian singer. She's just amazing. Uh, Tess is her name. And she oh, so just had this voice. demo on there. It was really rudimentary. There was really not much to it. And I thought, hey, this is such a jam. I really want to mess with it. It's so really I just <laughs> immediately started remixing it. I didn't ask for permission. But then I realized, hey, I really like this. I should probably write her and ask for permission. Yeah, yeah. And, you did. and she ended up liking it so much that we started working on it together. And she actually re-recorded the lyrics and re-recorded some other instruments. And I, you know, we worked the entire thing and we just made it like a completely new track together. Wow. But for her, she told me the story apparently was about uh, her ex. You know, <laughs> always a love story. Always, man. And Artist. just trying to look back and, and, and realize when you're in the moment, you just tend to get so swamped with everything that's going on. You don't really see the full picture. But mm -hmm. after a while, you can look back at a situation and become much wiser if you can look at it a little bit more objectively. Once you're out of that emotional state and really learn something from an experience that you can't while you're in it. Dude, your music is so fucking meaningful and so well thought out and like 
trying to send a message. <laughs> That's so, I try a little bit anyway. It's so fascinating, like from a, uh, the creative process. And then when you mentioned that, I remembered when my, when I had a band in high school, all our songs were about love, about like breakup and whatever. I'm, and I'm pretty sure nine percent of all music is love. Yeah. I specifically remember when I was, I think, something like eight or nine and I asked my parents, why is every song on the radio about love? <laughs> like, honestly. <laughs> There's lots of songs about other stuff. And I think a lot of those songs were probably made to break from that routine. Yeah, this Tool. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. That's my favorite band. They're, yeah, they're really, really good. They're, oh, they're amazing. I'd love to meet Reznor sometime. Who? Chant Reznor. Oh my god, dude, that's next level. I'd love to meet Jeremy Soul because he composed music to like most of my favorite video games. Yeah, I don't know him. Who's that? Uh, Jeremy Soul. He wrote the song, the music to all the Elder Scrolls games, Guild Wars, uh, Dungeon Siege, and then shit that I don't know. But like all the other, like Skyrim, Morrowind, Oblivion. Oh, nice. And then two of the Guild Wars games. He did. That's Jeremy Soul. He did the soundtrack for that. Well, I'm not too into well all of the Guild Wars because like, I've never oh, actually played Skyrim, but people keep telling me how amazing it is and the soundtrack in there. Do you have bipolar disorder? I don't think so. Then play it, because <laughs> if you do, <laughs> don't play it. I used to live with this guy who had bipolar, and then he was right at the end of his university degree, and he was supposed to do his like final year project, and then he came off of a bipolar high into a bipolar low, and he oh, spent yeah. two or three months. He fucked up his whole final year project, didn't submit it, and he would, um, when I would wake up to go to work, that's when he'd go to bed, and then when I'd come back from work, he'd wake up, and then he'd play Skyrim all night, not talk to anyone, and just stay on the couch in the living room and play Skyrim. Sounds therapeutic. Yeah. But we love Adam, man. Shout out. Adam's a good guy. <laughs> Adam's a fucking great guy. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. So, yeah. Then, you know, okay, Vina. Vina? Vina. Vina. In Romanian, uh, Vina, mm -hmm. as a subject, uh, means the guilt. Of like, the vi guilt? Vina cuiva means someone's guilt. Someone's to be blamed. Or someone's to be blamed, yeah. Wow. Okay. Guilt. Vina, that's the word, is guilt. Or blame, or dependent context. Wow, I had no idea. That's really interesting. And it's really, it's, it's really interesting because the lyrics are "I like you." What was it "I like you"? I like. I like you. You make me comfortable. That's me it. Comfortable. <laughs> and it's Best so weird because in my head, it's like, but it's it's about being guilty. It's like no, that doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> but it also just means wine in other languages, like wine you drink. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, that's true. I can see that. What's that story of that song? Well, it's a really simple story. Essentially, I was dating a girl called Vibe at the time. It's actually spelled Vibe, V-I-B-E. Wow. And and I also really like the moon a lot. I've always just been fascinated with the moon. I'll stare at it for hours sometimes, uh, especially if it's a full moon or a half moon. But it's literally just Luna, the mm. N-A from Luna and the V-I from Vibe, and this contraction of those Aww, two. That's really sweet. It's a very upbeat kind of song. It still has like... Yeah, I just... And this was around the time I was just learning to experiment with like dubstep and different types of beats. I was still yep. kind of like trying to get out of the whole dance trance techno vibe. And the beat is very prominent. More, yeah, yeah. I was trying to get into from something a little bit more groovy. 
and I was experimenting with all that stuff and just wanted to make something really epic. I didn't want to make just like a short track, you know, just like boom, boom, beat, okay, it's done. I wanted to make something really progressive, you know, where you start out really ambient and get into this beat and get a feeling of a real story progression, even though there's literally just a few words. Mm. Yeah, it came out great, man. It's sort of a beat, has a, like the ni- a nice tempo, a nice pacing. It's It's like the it's like before drum and bass right it's not drum and bass but it's like like they got that beat to it you know yeah i've also listened to a lot of drum and bass in my day and a lot of dubstep at one point and i just i wanted to combine the sort of chill elements i've always been really happy about contrasts in music i like to combine really chill and ambient elements with something really upbeat and like take the low energies and the high energies and, and mix them together somehow in a coherent way and that was what I was really trying with Vina as well, just trying to get that really low chill out vibe, but then bring it way up to the peak of the level <laughs> and the end there. I love the the fucking artist journeyman here. This is like everything that I've been reading about and being fascinated about for the last half year. This is like culminating into like a conversation. You would have yes. been so jealous right now if you weren't Star Trek. So jealous? Yeah. Why would I be jealous? <laughs> of the artist's journey. Well, yeah, like, I, I'm not journey a fucking this man artist. Has been I, don't, I don't know any. Well, I can sing. A weird, weird thing is like after I, I we we disbanded the band because we all moved different places. Since then, like since what 2012, I only sing, only play the guitar and sing when I'm sad, or like one of those sort of low energy feelings. Yeah. That's when I. That's when I feel. I feel the need to play. It. I've heard a lot of musicians and artists in general say that they work the best when they're sad. I think there's a lot of truth to that. For me, anyway, at least when I'm really in a certain mood that isn't particularly great, I can feel more inspired mm-hmm. because you really it makes you stop and think, wait, why am I sad and why does everything suck? You may not necessarily think, why am I so sad? But you just get so caught up in that feeling and you really, really get the time to stop and think about what actually sucks about your life. But that can get you into a mood where you're more appreciative too, I think, because when everything is just great, you're just you know, just rolling with it. You're just kind of almost taking it for granted when things just work out and everything is fine. But when they're not, that's when you step back and think, well, why isn't everything fine? Mm. I had, a, I had a, at some point a whole thing about it because it will happen to me also sometime somewhere high school, beginning of university or something like that. I used to write and it was always when I was sad that I would find inspiration to write. Otherwise, I didn't have anything I would want to write about. And I kept thinking about it and... I had like this weird moment when I realized, well, obviously you feel uh, joy and sadness completely different than your body, uh-huh. right? And somehow joy and happiness, it's all around the place. It feels like a warmth and you have to move in order to expel uh-huh. it or consume it. Basically, like kind of like a candle would burn down slowly. But when it's sadness, it's weird. It's a, it has a specific point in the middle of my rib cage. As like this like an empty space, like a, not necessarily like an oh. empty space. It's like a, a bowl, like this kind of this size. Okay. Like like probably a bit smaller than I can grab in my fist. And it's hmm. always there. And the thing is, when you when you're happy, you want to spread it out with everybody. Everybody wants to feel happy. You want to spread it. You want everything uh-huh. else. But when you're sad, it's kind of like you want you you feel sad. You don't want to be with anybody. But it's when somebody else is with you, it's even better. And for that reason, I think, I mean, I don't think that's a specific reason, but one, that's one of the reasons why I think sadness kind of brings people together more than, than happiness in a way. 
Hmm. Yeah, that's another thing. Like in my life, at least, I've noticed that if you share a struggle, and I've heard so many other people say this, if you share a struggle, then that can really bring you together. That's why companies yeah. do team building exercises, you know, to get people like in weird situations together and you know build a little bit of an emotional bond. It makes you connect in a deeper level that you might not otherwise. If everything is just happy, happy go jolly, then it's too easy. It's too yeah. good. It's too there's no trouble to make you stop and wonder. And for me, anyway, when I am really sad, when I am really bothered by something, like I said before, it just makes me stop and think, why is things this way? Why do I feel this way? Mm. Do I want to change it? What can I do about it? And it just brings all these things and thoughts and feelings about that you may not normally delve into. Because you can't. If I'm really happy, I don't think about all the shitty stuff in my life. Yeah, I don't care. <laughs> when I'm really sad, I don't necessarily think about all the happy stuff either. But you need that contrast. If I don't have the dark with the light, then I can't really yeah. see what's going on. There's no contrast. See, my theory about this is that, uh, well, at least my empirical evidence is that when I'm happy, I'm like, I don't care. I want to, I'm happy. I want to go out there and experience that happy. Uh, yeah. Whereas I'm like, I'm a stopping. It's like, for me, being happy is a dynamic thing. Whereas like being sad uh only recently starting to be like what you're describing where it's like a stop to analyze or as before or you know relating specifically to me playing the guitar is when i'm sad i want to get it out you know it's like i don't you know i'm sad and this is shitty and it's a low mood or whatever and i want to get it out of me so i'm playing like really passionately mostly sad love songs or whatever just like get the sadness out of me Whereas when I'm unhappy, I'm like, I don't want to fucking play the guitar. I want to go and meet people or have fun or dance or <laughs> jack off or I don't know, whatever. <laughs> Ironically, <laughs> I just said jacking off. It occurs way more when I need comforting rather than I'm like, I'm happy. I'm going to go jack off. That never happens. It's more like I need to do it to get my mind off of something or to focus on something else. Yeah, that just give me one drop of pleasure. <laughs> this whole yes. sea of sorrowness. I need a little bit of dopamine to handle the situation. <laughs> That's nothing. Like when I'm really happy, I would rather just do things with friends, for example. But if I'm yeah. in a more low mood, I tend to isolate more. And I've always been a bit of an isolated type of person. You know, I like to spend mm. a lot of time out to myself. Um, but especially when I'm sad, I'm more inclined to. And I think it's less distractions as well. And I can really yeah. delve more into what I want to do for me. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I'm the same. Like when I I'm, think when I'm, when I'm too happy, it's just I kind of ignore a lot of the things that I probably shouldn't ignore. And when I'm really sad, I can focus more on the actual issues at hand and try and do something about it, perhaps. Whereas if I'm just happy, I don't care about it. It's whatever. I'm too happy right now. It doesn't matter. Hmm. Sounds sort of like, like if you're in, in the beginning of a new relationship and you got all these rose-tinted classes and everything is fine and you just ignore all the bad things. Rose-tinted candles. <laughs> glasses, rose-tinted glasses. <laughs> uh, yeah. Hmm. But I think if I'm too happy, if I'm too successful, if I'm too happy about everything in my life and I don't get the time to really think about what i probably should and I, oftentimes if i see people who are too happy i just think you're missing something dude <laughs> no stop be more sad you can't stop possibly being be real so happy yeah it's not real wake up <laughs> get out of the matrix break the fourth wall yeah i yeah that's the thing though I've, I've also heard this expression like there's 
multiple expressions about it, but essentially, if you're happy, you're a fool. I think there's a Russian mm. thing as well. I can't remember how it goes, but essentially, people who are happy are fools. And then there's also the idea of a happy fool, like someone who is just really disconnected from all the bad things will just focus on the good things and be happy that they have, I don't know, food and that's all they need. And then they're happy. That was the whole. If you're weighed down by a lot of things, you you really mm. put things into perspective in a way that you don't when you're too happy. It's whole... a distraction almost to be too happy. But I also don't <laughs> want to be too sad and I'll just get weighed down and I don't enjoy anything. So you got to find a balance somewhere. That's true. There's the whole thing. I I think we also discussed about it. like there's the saying we grew up with: uh, the less intelligent you are, the more happier you are. Yeah, that is a maxim in our country, where everyone everyone is on in one mind with this: the the more stupid you are, the happier and more ignorant you are. And I think there's I've heard that sentiment before. There's definitely some truth to it, but I also don't yeah. want to say just you know that's the key to happiness to be stupid. That's kind of glossing over a lot of things i, I yeah. think it's not but generalization i think only has some superficial truth to it because even yeah if you're, exactly let's not say less intelligent maybe that's not a problem you're not so aware of everything that could you could yeah. potentially be to you still find ways to be sad like yeah it's just stupid right. problem or less quality of a problem but you still have them Exactly. If you look at a, at a small kid, for example, like they can try about, you know, their toy not working or something. And that's just the biggest issue in their entire life. So they'll break down crying for half an hour about some little tiny thing that doesn't really matter. But that's their whole world. I mean, just imagine same, all of us in high school. It doesn't matter if you're the smartest person in the world. If something bothers you, it bothers you. And if yeah. you're the dumbest person in the world, if something bothers you, it bothers you. It doesn't matter how smart you are. That's, Yeah. You know that 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 Mac, that sort of phrase that we have that we just said, uh, with the the more stupid uh, the the happier you are, that's been proven wrong to me by practice <laughs> empirically in the last half a year because I've met some very very stupid people who are extremely frustrated, and it it was interesting because I was looking at someone with I don't wanna I don't wanna sound like a douchebag or anything but someone who I know uh, closely and has less I don't know education and exposure and travel in the world or whatever than I do, um, and they behave as such, who are very, very frustrated by that thing, like by the fact that they couldn't grasp some simple concepts that for me were like second nature, like, you know, abstract concepts of like, I don't know, situational things or relational things. Uh, they couldn't grasp, like you could see the way they were uh, talking about the, the issue, they could not grasp these simple things. And that made them very frustrated. And that's when I was, I was like, holy shit, you know, some people who are less intelligent, they're not happier. They're just probably some of them even more frustrated because they can't grasp things that are second nature. Like an example would be like my, it, this this wasn't the case, but like a hypothetical example would be my grandparents who don't know how to use a fucking phone or a smartphone, right? And to them, that's mm -hmm. like, in that sense, they are stupider than me because they don't know how to use it. And for me, it's like I can use a fucking iPhone or any phone. And it's like, yeah, all right, this is settings and shit. Um and that makes them very frustrated. It's not like not knowing that's like, oh, you know, I don't know and I don't care. It's like, well, they do care, but they don't know. And that makes it a lot harder for them than me in, you know, a, a different situation. Yeah, that's the thing. You, you also got to be really careful. Like what is smart? What is dumb? In my experience, I, yeah. at least, there's a lot of different aspects to it. I know what you're saying, though. And I totally I'm generalizing, agree. obviously. And, yeah, and it's a, it's a generalization. But yeah. I also think in all generalizations, there is some truth. 
And it's just something you got to be really careful with it. At least in my experience, I've met some really smart people who are, are just so caught up in whatever they're doing that that's their whole tragedy in life. They'll just be so yeah. frustrated about, uh, I don't know, some science thing they're working on, for example. Or I've met people who aren't the smartest people in the world and they'll just be really sad about something else. You know, it's all just relative yeah. anyway. That's true. Yeah. There's a thing it remembers me like the whole thing with less intelligent, intelligent, is just to get get away from all the bad connotations about it. There's mm -hmm. this. I'm sure both of you have to know. And there's this. I don't know. Remember if it's a joke, if it's a story, of whatever it is. There's a painter and a science guy, a scientist somewhere out in the field, and the painter tells the scientist that if they both look at the same flower. The, oh, the painter sees uh, colors and reflections and whatever. Richard oh, yeah, Feynman. Yeah, yeah. Richard Feynman? Richard Feynman, yeah. He that's has a like, painter friend and they look at the flower and basically what you said. Yeah, okay. So and then the sand is just uh tells the pen that he sees everything, like the photosynthesis, the cells, everything else. And that's not detracting from the beauty of it, it's just adding because he understands yeah, all the layers exactly. that's in it. That's and true. that's that's the same thing with what I'm considering whenever I'm thinking of this maximum of the less intelligent you are. Yeah. Like the less of a grasp you have on everything, it's you you don't care, you don't burden yourself with all the problems. But at the same time, knowing everything makes you more intelligent or being able to perceive everything. Yeah. It's way easier to find things to be sad about. It just yeah. gives you a lot more options. That's another thing I've noticed. Speaking of the whole social media thing, we get bombarded with information from the whole world. There's just so much more information coming in. There's a lot more to be sad about than if you don't go online. That's a very interesting fact that you're mentioning because I've noticed this with, with my grandparents. Uh, where it's like they watch a lot of TV and you're like, there's so much crime in the world and so much yeah, hate and so yeah, much. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure that there was just as much in your time. It's just yeah, that exactly. now it's extremely mediatized. Like, I can't personally say, but I think as far as I know, there's always been violence and murder and terrible yeah. things going on in the world. It's just that we hear more about it. Now. Scientists say that we live in the most peaceful times ever. It's like, yeah, that, you know, and I think that's probably true because people were really goddamn barbaric in, in the yeah. old days. I mean, they still are to a large extent, but yeah, some parts. I think it's probably calmed down a little bit, at least compared to even just a hundred years ago. I mean, we don't have a world war going on, which you know, millions of people are dying. Or uh, do we? Well, okay, all right, all right. <laughs> I'm, where's my tinfoil hat? Um, <laughs> but no, like the thing is that the back, like in my grandparents' time, which was like the 30s and 40s. They didn't know about, I don't know, some kid or some school getting shot, you know, yeah, 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 kids yeah, exactly. in a school getting shot in the States or whatever to be like, oh, my God. You know, back then it's like, all right, the kid in my immediate village or like two villages away was killed or whatever, kidnapped. It's like, well, that's all I know. You only knew like the immediate surroundings. Even now, like I'm, I, I look at them, how they talk, they sort of regurgitate what they see on the news, and I'm looking at them like, do you even know where that is on the map? Why are you concerned about that thing happening yeah. in that place? You're old. Just don't worry about that. I've always had this philosophy. Well, not always, but at least for a large part of my life, that I think I'm happier and I think I'm more productive and a better friend if I focus on the people close to me and yep. close to them. If I try and focus on everything in the world all the time, I'm going to get completely swamped and overwhelmed and I just can't function. And I think, well, if you look at media, for example, and just news outlets, a lot of the time there's a lot of focus on negative things and just rage-inducing things yeah. because it, it that grabs sounds... you. It's a very powerful emotional response. And you see feel-good stories too, sure, but the, the negative stuff tends to grab people a lot more. 
That's true. And it's, it's frustrating. And I sure I feel terrible about a lot of the things happening out there. You hear every day there's something crazy going on and it's terrible. I hate it. It makes me cry sometimes. Honestly, it does. But mm. if I focus on that, I mean, I can't function. I get just numb. But what about the children in Africa, Neo? What about them? Exactly. Right? <laughs> and I've seen some of those kids in Africa. I've met yeah. some of those kids. And it's terrible, man. It's fucked up. I heard one of the best stories to just exemplify exactly the thing you said. And and you're going to think this is really like a weird place, like in a financial blog. Oh, okay. In a financial blog. Oh, <laughs> He's into fi- finance. I'm growing up. He is. He's maturing. <laughs> um, I won't. <laughs> well, basically, there's this this guy, and he talks about being at a fancy dinner with a couple of his friends, everybody like in the first world country, having first world problems. And someone, one of the guests, asks him if what's his opinion on the war on the war with terrorists from a different country, or the problem of terrorists from a different country, and how their country are, is solving it or helping to it. And he said he has no opinion, has no idea about it. And they say, well, how can you not know about it? It's such mm. an important issue. Yes. And the guy mm. just gives the most frank answer. Well, there are people that need to solve this problem. It's not my job to solve this problem. How can yeah. I help? Why should I worry about it if I'm not doing anything? He's got a point. I'm also seeing this a lot when there's this constant sort of spreading internationally about news. Not always news reach all around the world, but a lot of the time you'll hear something from the opposite side of the world. And this goes for you know both ways. People in, in Africa will hear about stuff going on in America and vice versa. But if everybody is just concerned with everybody else all the time, it gets stretched too thin. The attention yeah. and the care gets stretched too thin, I think. You and get communism. <laughs> <laughs> but what I mean is, you know, if we don't care about our local stuff, if we always turn our eyes outwards to the whole world and we forget to look at the closer bubble in our own lives, uh, it, we stop to really take a good hand around the subject and... and and do something about it. I don't think that's always the case. I think a lot of the time people certainly do a lot of hard work to better their lives and their personal um, environment, their local circles and all that. But I, I've noticed a lot of the time that people are so caught up in arms about all these issues going on around the world. And it's just taking away your focus. It's taking away your energy yeah. to do something about it. A lot of people just express this total exasperation. They have no more energy left to care about anything. That's true. And you also just loosely described uh, the, the, a phenomenon happening in Romania, which I've heard a lot, being sort of a foreign student, um, is that a lot of Romanian uh, high schoolers go to study to a college abroad so they can come back and improve the country here. Yeah. Like, you know, think basically yeah. parallel to what you said, coming, you know, coming back to the local circle and fixing, helping fix the issues in your local community or whatever, in your country to some extent, mm-hmm. which is, it's an interesting thing. It's the thing that I personally struggled with conceptually moving to Timisoara, uh, coming from London and being like, yeah, I, I'm working at a big corporate doing random things to whatever factory somewhere It's paying enough money. But then, like, there are so many startups who start, here at least, in our country and specifically in our town, who start to solve a local problem. Like, you know, we had a, our first guest, Bogan, uh, he started 
a startup to help with recycling and stuff because he saw he, he works in some factory doing something and he saw this issue with, with uh, recycling and pollution locally. So he's developing like a local solution first and then sort of scaling it yeah. to whatever. And that's not the side of it, right? Because a lot of the time I think people definitely are doing a lot for their local environment and their their own town or their own country. And that's fantastic. And then yeah. sometimes when good solutions arise, that solution can spread and inspire other people everywhere else. Yeah. So there's definitely a lot of positives too. And again, we just can tend very easily to focus on all the negativity and, and get caught up in that. And I'm very, very cautious with that. Like sometimes when I'm browsing the internet and seeing just random articles about stuff, when there's something too negative, I just gloss right over it. I'm like, nope, I don't need that. There's this. I'm web. already too bogged down with everything else. I need to focus on the stuff that I can do something about. I, I like to be informed about what's going on in the world, but there has to be a limit somewhere. I'll just get numb. I've I've learned about this for therapy. Like I've learned, uh, sort of, I've discovered my awareness towards this. I discovered the fact that I've spent most of my time worrying on external factors and not really looking inward, worrying about me yeah. and my needs and whatever. I'm just like, oh, you know, how can I help so-and-so? How can I do this and this? And it's like, what about my soul? How can I help myself? How can mm. I improve and better myself and whatever? Yeah, And that's a lot of what my, my seven album series is about. If you've noticed, every album cover art, it just sort of goes closer and closer inside my I head. Did, I did notice. For me, the whole process is about the inner journey and looking inside myself for answers because... I spent a lot of time looking externally, right? I've spent a lot of mm. time trying to find answers and help and solutions to things and problems in my life externally, trying to find, you know, answers through drugs and other people and other experiences. And it's just never been really satisfying. It always just leads to more issues or more questions. And I, while I think that certainly every quest for answers will lead to more questions, that's such the nature of that, I think that if we don't stop and try and really look deep inside ourselves, we neglect ourselves and we don't find the solutions to our deepest uh, problems. And then we again get numb and just dysfunctional. I wanted to really look inside myself and find out what makes me tick, what makes me sad, what makes me happy. Where can I find the solutions to my problems, to my sadness? How can I make myself stronger? And I felt really bad about that for a long time. Like, felt so self-centered because a lot of my life I've tried to just help others and put my energy outward and help others. But you can only do that so far until yeah. you just stretch thin and you can't do anymore. And I don't want to make myself stronger. I want to make myself better. I want to make myself healthier. That's exactly what i am been going through for the last month or so. That, that realization of like, wait, I matter to me. Yeah. And I exactly. should matter to me. Mm -hmm. That's, Wow. Told this you is this a weird realization be a because it seems obvious when you realize it. Like, of course, I should care about me. Yeah, exactly. When you realize, like, wait, why? Why do I care so much about you know? Because the 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 thing I related with that was about journaling, right? I I've never had a diary or whatever, but I thought like because the reason I never had one, this was the realization is the fact that like I always thought about it like, oh, am I going to write something interesting? As if like the premise is that you have to, it has to be interesting. It mm. has to be sellable. It has to whatever. Yeah. Somebody uh, has to see it and approve uh, of it. Yeah, obviously I, I never intended ever to write an autobiography to sell it. 
but that still sort of hindered me from even even writing a diary because in your head yeah, and what yeah. you're exposed to and like you're buying autobiographies or you're seeing in a movie and like because you're like an a, an external party looking at the character writing, yeah, you're yeah, someone yeah. else who's looking at it. So like if it came to me having to write one, it's like, oh, what if someone else looks at it? Is it going to be interesting enough? Or is it going to exactly. be... Exactly. And you mess yourself up with this sort of exactly. self-observation. It, yeah. It's and the realization, the realization was like, wait, I should write things because they're about me and I matter and I matter to me. And the things that I write will be personal. And that's important mm. because I need to have personal things because they're about me and my life and my upbringing, whatever. Yeah. God. And that's a lot of the, what it is with my music as well. I go through this constantly every single day. I always mess myself up. Like it has to be interesting. It has to be sellable yeah. and it has to be something people want to listen to and repost and all that stuff. No, man. Fuck but that. then I'm like, oh, fuck that. That's stupid. That's just noise. I shouldn't care about that. I need to care about me. I should just make something I like. And exactly. if other people like it too, that's lucky. That's fine. Yeah, exactly. I'm curious. Do you also do this? Because I will have the same problem when this happens. And I, because as I noticed a couple of times, I would just have like this one pager of like specifically writing about I'm going to write terribly mm. just to get it out of it. Just like a warm up paper, but it just to give them knowledge. I'm going to write badly and that's fine. And it's this is what it's going to be. And then I write the whole thing. Like, did they ever work with you like that with you? Like, did you just made a track like just sorely like it probably is going to be bad, but I'm just going <laughs> to make it? Exactly. Yeah, I, I try to do that. I want to. I think that's the best approach when I just don't think about the external factors when it's just for me. And I think I, I've had the same realization a lot of the time in relationships, for example. If I try and focus too much on making the other person happy, I forget about myself and I actually drown myself. Guilty as charged. Guilty as well. And I think a lot of people do that. It's very, very common. Sure, some people are the other way around and focus entirely too much on themselves, and that's bad too. But again, there has to be a balance in there somewhere. If you only live in the night, you're going to miss all the sunlight, and vice versa. You're going to have oh. fright in the sun if you never see the night. Wow. Um, so I think about that a lot, that I really need to just focus on myself. <laughs> but I also feel really bad about that sometimes. Like, I'm like, oh, why am I so interested in myself? Am I really that great? And I'm like, yeah, I'm awesome. But then, <laughs> <laughs> do you guys in Denmark have, uh, fuck? What's it called? What's it called? We have lots of fuck. Jante, Janteloven. Yeah, Janteloven. Yeah, 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 that's the one. Do you have that in Denmark as well? I thought it was just a Norwegian thing. What is that? It's essentially this concept of don't figure anything. You are beneath everyone else. Don't think you're shit. That's the <laughs> short version of it. And this is like well, like a mindset, like a philosophy it, thing. It's, it's like a Scandinavian, because you know Scandinavian countries were the first to be social democrats. Yeah. Uh, and it's like this thing from a guy called Yante or whatever, and he set out this philosophy of like. It, it's basically you shouldn't stand out. It, it's a very communist type of mm -hmm. thing if you think about it. It's basically you're all everyone's the same and you are important to the whole. You shouldn't strive and live your life as the mm -hmm. standout and be different from the crowd. You should be in order to be useful to the crowd and use have a useful leader, useful life. You should be as the crowd. Just be the block and, and the brick in the wall. Just exactly. Be the, gear in the yeah. machine. Yeah. The reason I know that is because there is this game development channel and game designer talked about video games and stuff. And at some point they were it wasn't a critique. It was more of a comment to Scandinavian countries not having enough game development uh, studios. It's because of that, because the whole Scandinavian culture is about not that and to be a game developer you need to be like oh look at us we're cool making video games ah, rockstar and <laughs> gta and then like yeah scandinavian people are like no we don't we don't want to stand out or whatever they're more like toned down that's 
Is that I just I, I just had to Google it now because there is actually it's like Ten Commandments and it's Holy called Yentelon. I'm not sure how you pronounce it in different languages. In Danish, you just say Yentelon, right. and it's deeply ingrained in me. I mean, I grew up hearing wow. this my whole life. And really? So I'll read you the Ten Commandments. It's in Danish, but I'll translate to English real quick. All right. Number one, don't think you are anything. <laughs> Number two, don't think you're as much as us. Don't think you're as equal to us. And it's basically who is us? Number three. Don't think you're smarter than us. Number four is, don't think you know better than us. Number five is, don't think you know more than us. Number six, don't think that you are more than us. Number seven is, don't think you you are good for anything. Number eight, do not laugh at us. Number nine, don't think anybody likes you. Number ten, don't think you can teach us anything. Who's us? This sounds like a cult initiation thing. <laughs> exactly. It sounds so messed up. Like when you actually read this, you're like, what the hell? Yeah, that sounds that that I can hear that like in a don't think you're better than us. Like, exactly. Oh. It's all just don't think you're hot shit. Shut the fuck up. Sit yeah, down. this will get canceled really fast down. nowadays. Sit down, be humble. <laughs> yeah. Kendrick. Wow. That's weird. And and it's a weird thing because it's so deeply ingrained in a lot of Scandinavians, I think. Now, I've spent a lot of time in America, for example, and it's very much the opposite over there. Oh, yeah. It's basically, you got to believe in yourself. Think you are the hottest shit on the planet. If, if you want to jump off the rooftop with the fucking skateboard, you got it, kid. You go and follow your dreams. <laughs> right. And it's a very interesting contrast to me, at least. When I first came to America like five years ago, uh, I spent a few months there in the first stretch. And, and I was just mind-blowing. I, I went to Colorado first and then to oh. California. And, and I don't know if you've been over there, but California is nuts compared to Scandinavia. It's really just night and day. And I loved it. It's just such a stark experience. I'm not a huge fan of all this sort of a, I'm so awesome kind of mentality. But at the same time, it's fascinating. Uh, and I learned a lot over there. I met some really interesting people. And it just gave me a lot of perspective on my own standpoint of don't think I'm shit. Yeah. And it was really interesting. It was kind of a wake-up call, honestly, to just see people carrying out this mentality. And they're just sort of riding it. Just like, yeah, I'm awesome, bitch. Fuck off. Get out of my way. <laughs> so wait, are you living in the States right now? No, no I'm in Denmark. Oh, okay. Uh, you know what? When when you said Colorado and then California, I, I glanced at Colleen and I'm sure that both of us thought the same thing as like, are we <laughs> am, am, are you and I the same person? Because that is exactly what I want to do when I when I, I like have when this, I grow up. Yeah. I have this thing, like I want to go to the I've never been. I want to go to the States. I want to rent a car for like two or three months and drive up and down the desert from California yeah. to, to Nevada to Colorado to Boulder and then back and all that. that, that like, that's what I want to do on a sea of canyons just drive alone mm-hmm. and me in the desert and some music probably then by Neo Geo. <laughs> uh, oh, that would be fucking awesome. I, I would love to do a road trip over there sometime. But again, I, I've, I've spent probably in total, I don't know, a year or a year and a half over there over the years. I spent like usually two or three months at a time over there. Um, Really, really definitely gave me a lot of different insights and very, uh, I'm not sure if there's any English word for it. It was a learning rich experience. Uh, mm. In Danish, you say lehre, it just means rich in learning. Right. And it just showed me a whole other different perspective on the world. And I think it's very interesting just in the fact that it's such a powerful and influential nation. Uh, think what you will about that country. I know there's very differing opinions on it. 
but it definitely taught me a few things about myself as well because I've always been of this mindset that I I won't think I'm shit. I don't know better than you and don't think I'm anything and all that. And just to see this completely different contrast of everybody basically thinking they're the hottest shit alive, it was really fascinating. Wow. That you you've just dude, this is to to end the day, the the really shit day that I had. This is the most enlightening conversation because this is sort of I've been talking about this about wanting to travel and go and and just travel for the sake of being somewhere i like i love the concept of yeah that's being why i did it present in a place like i don't want to go and visit touristy shit i don't give a shit about yeah what, I mean, when i when i took colleen to, to london we did fuck the london eye man and the whatever just yeah. write pictures in front of Buckingham <laughs> palace who cares let me take you to the street where i lived for two years and show you the path and the shops and the people who live there and whatever like fuck that's... london i'm the shit yeah man <laughs> fuck that <laughs> Uh, but that's like, that's exactly what I, what I've been and what's going on in my head and, and given what has happened to me in the last half year, it's like, I want to go out there. I want to go and see what it's like living on a fucking fishing boat in the middle of the Arctic fucking sea or ocean or whatever, and just see what that's like, or go to a Buddhist Zen temple and live there and, and just be there. See how people I would love to try that. do things, see how people live there in a, in a, a good, a hundred percent out of comfort zone place for me or most people probably right like i just want to be there and see that i want to have the same experience that you were describing it's like oh and that's I'm what tell it was my therapist about this. for me as well a lot of the time it was just i wanted to have a different experience because i yeah. knew for a fact that my limited experience in denmark was limited yeah. and i think anywhere you live in the world if you only see that small bubble of the world then you're not really going to get the full picture of anything uh, because every country and every nation has their own rules, if you will, their own laws, of course, and their own culture. And yeah. everybody reacts yeah. differently to the same kinds of things, depending on you know what they grew up with and how they see themselves and the world around them. And I just wanted that perspective. I wanted to see what it was really like over there. I used to say for my whole life, I never want to go to America. It's a <laughs> shitty place. But luckily i changed my mind i'm still kind of mixed feelings about it all but at the same time i'm really happy that i saw it i'm really happy that i met a lot of yeah. interesting people over there for example there was a really interesting pe- uh, person i met it was just uh i'm not sure it was like just before new year's in 2019 i was over there for new year's and christmas uh, i went to this restaurant and I was with a date and she goes to the bathroom and she's gone for like 10 minutes and the waiter comes over and he's like, so do you guys need anything? And I'm like, uh, no, I'm good. And he's like, hey, you have kind of an accent. Where are you from? I'm like, oh, I'm just visiting from Denmark. And he's like, oh, really? I'm actually, I'm, I'm not just a waiter. I'm also the owner. So they won't mind if I sit down and talk to you for a bit. Do you, do you mind? And he was just like really forward. And oh. like, hey, can we chat for a bit? So <laughs> he was really interesting. He was like an avid Trump supporter, a gun-toting wow. dude. He was a really cool guy, actually, very funny. But anyway, we, we talked for a bit, and he was all like, oh, so what did you actually think about America? Like, I want to hear what do Europeans think about America? And I'm like, dude, are you, are you sure? Are you sure you want to know? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> and I got to be careful this. I got American friends. I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. But it was an interesting conversation anyway. And I just gave him my honest opinion. And, and more or less what I said is, you guys are fucking insane. But you're also really beautiful and really influential. Like some of the best art and science in the world comes out of America. And it's a melting pot. You know, America was founded on 
you know, all sorts of immigrants from all parts of the world. It's the just everything idiots. over there. I mean, the, first of all, they murdered an entire indigenous uh, civilization, so that's Oops. really messed up. <laughs> Oops. Oopsie poopsies. <laughs> yeah, and I saw some of those Indian reserves over there. Man, that is sad. Really? Yeah, yeah, that is sad stuff. Is it like Auschwitz-type sad? No, it's not like that exactly, Man. but essentially, I mean, I mean, if, you, if you see pictures of mm. olden times and how they really were before all the settlements... And just hear the stories and such is a huge. They're just modern, you know, day Americans who happen to look not your typical American, you right, know, white yeah. person kind of thing. Uh, and they're just, you know, trying to get by, and they've been, you know, uh, oppressed for years, and, you know, yeah. hundreds of years, in fact. And they're just trying to get by. A lot of them are just, you know, selling tobacco because that's the only thing they can manage to get by on, and they have shit jobs because they're constantly being oppressed in all sorts of ways, and there's a lot of racism and, and all that. Damn. But anyway, <laughs> it really taught me a lot. It gave me some really interesting perspective and just to see the people over there really just the same as everywhere else. I mean, they have feelings, they have dreams, yeah. and they have hopes and fears, just like everybody else. They just happen to come from a different background. Damn. You just you just reminded me of a of a sort of conspiracy video that I uh, that's really old. Oh, I love conspiracies. Bring it on. No, it's like this, it's like an animation. Uh, there are a lot of Back to the Future references in it, and it's like about how banks control everything and whatever. And you just how what now? How banks control everything? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's a really cool animation. Uh, I don't fucking remember what it's called, but it, it's really cool. And uh, you just reminded me of that. Of like, there's a part in it where it talks about power and how uh, we're being sort of herded. Yeah, I, I love the obviously. I'm not a conspiracy nut. I don't care about that shit. But sure. It's well. <laughs> have you seen the beard? Have you uh, seen the tinfoil? <laughs> yeah. Have you seen the tinfoil? But I love that it's this really, I feel powerful thing where it compares humans to animals, and it says basically that uh, an animal is afraid of the moment, is afraid like it'll react to pain, but a human knows to sort of anticipate it or knows to be yeah. afraid of the future, right? So you can, yeah. you you can. And it, it, then it starts off talking about like the pyramids and how you could, you know, whip someone to get them to be your slave to do your thing. But then at some point that wasn't enough. You couldn't just because you couldn't control their mind and their thoughts. You control their body, but that's not good. Whatever shit like that. And it, it was really interesting that because you reminded me of that comparison of like we have the fear of tomorrow. We, you know, you can beat us and we'll be we'll survive or whatever. But like you can threaten us with with pain at a later time and that'll yeah. subdue us. I found that like that explanation is really beautiful. It's sad and it's. I'm, I'm not up. sure like, what you're talking about exactly, but I feel like I've seen that same thing, and I thought about that yeah. a lot as well. You know, that's a uniquely human thing that we can contemplate deeply about the future. I'm sure yes. animals can anticipate the future as well in some sense, but perhaps yeah. not exactly the same way we do. Yeah, yeah. And and that's a deeply unique human thing that we can be manipulated through that as well, right? Yeah. And, and I think for whole the whole religion thing. Yeah. Yeah, oof. The, that's a topic, a subject to get into. I think the ending of that video was, I think the, the, just the very end, I think, is this quote where the guy says, you do not fear the prison that you're already in or some shit like that. That's why, like, because he was like, why we're going along with all this and being controlled and manipulated by media, banks, et cetera, corporations, whatever. And it's like, you'll never be afraid of the 
the bars that you can't see or that you're already yeah, inside of. It's like, yeah. holy shit. All right. <laughs> I'm not going to sleep tonight. I'm not the most learned person on the planet. I don't, I haven't read a lot of things and there's a lot of stuff I don't know the terms for, but you know, we have these feelings and experiences that overlap like that. And it's just human suffering is the weirdest fucking thing because we're only doing it to ourselves. Yeah. Like you said about the whole Auschwitz camp, you know, we are the same people who invented the, the gas killing chambers as yeah. the same people who was, got exposed to it. Exactly. It's, it's weird as fuck. It is very strange. We're all just fighting with each other over you know imaginary friends and things we believe for certain are real, but everybody has different opinions. And then we argue, and then there's political uh, aspirations and motivations and propaganda, and it just gets so messy, man. We're so strange. Yeah, but the weird part of it, it's you could say it's like it's human nature because we grew <laughs> is, up, we yeah. kind of grew up like that as a species. You had to be afraid that somebody else will kill you, so you might as well just kill yeah. them first. You got to prepare for the worst, right? Exactly. It's just a sad thing that we could never grow grow out of it that's one of the things that i've i sort of stayed with me after listening to a shitload of jordan peterson uh is is this thing about the necessity of laws and i find that really fascinating because uh you think about any law and you go like boil it down long enough and it's it's basically the whole legislative system is basically preventing you it's preventing mass murder because uh-huh. he, well, Peterson draws a comparison with like the biblical Cain and Abel, and it's like, well, that's exactly it. If if I if you do an injustice to me, whatever it may be, and I kill you, then your family is going to be upset. They were going to want to revenge you and kill me. Yeah. And, then my, and then it's this vicious cycle. And then laws, basically, if you boil it down, it's just pre- prevent you from that. The, like they prevent that from happening it's like it's just it, trying to keep chaos in check yeah. exactly and that was really interesting because i read I, I listened to that and i sort of internalized it over a couple of few weeks and i kept thinking about it and i was like you know what now i'm not really pissed off about like some process taking a long time or like i don't know when i got hit in the head in london or whatever but it was kids and it took like a whole year and like three times to go to the police station to get it all fixed and solved and find a culprit it's like you know what i'd rather have that long boring arduous process than me revenging and then them revenging and then like yeah stupid fucking monkey brain thing <laughs> that's that's how that's how jordan peterson puts this monkey brain i've listened no, to it's, a it's, sorry joe rogan stuff. i can't remember all of it but he's got a lot of really really interesting points for sure yeah the monkey brains joe rogan my bad uh right. <laughs> yeah peterson is i oh i love him <laughs> I'm I'm fangirling to like a few key people in the on the planet. <laughs> he's definitely one of the more interesting ones out there. He well yeah he is he is he's got a lot of shit for it, but you know what? Yeah, and that's the thing. Anyone who speaks loudly enough will get shit for it. Doesn't matter what you're talking about. Like I always say, and I think other people say this too, that it doesn't matter what you do. Somebody's gonna love you for it. Somebody's gonna hate you. Exactly. For it. Uh, I'd rephrase what you said to. Uh, he was loud enough that he got heard. That's how mm-hmm. I. That's how I'd say that. It's like because he got. He, you know, when you're loud enough and you're heard, that's when the magic happens. Because th- then that's what you described would happen. You know, when you have people who like what you say, people who hate what you say, people who are gonna threaten to kill you, <laughs> or whatever. Like you could literally cure cancer, and someone would think you're an asshole. Yeah. 
That reminds me Someone of that. Someone would be like, don't mess with God's will. Somebody would be like, hey, don't you know, take my medicine patent away. Now I can't make the billions on this yeah. medicine I was going to sell to cancer patients. Somebody will find a problem with it. It's bizarre. It's messed up as hell. It's like that thing with like really radical Christians who are like, you know, if, uh, if something bad happens to you, it's either like if you do something bad it's like you know god forgive him but if something bad happens to you it's like oh it was god's will you know yeah it's like what complicated stuff is it satan or is it god which one is it come on <laughs> and i've even got an answer to that people have told me like yes it's it's it is satan through the power or commanding of god like god sent like when bad shit happens it's not god doing it he sends satan it's like i what i what all right that, that's it's, so backwards i mean i i get uh, blaming on him but that's so backwards i've heard that from priests i'm a small town boy <laughs> i hear a lot of shit in my time oh boy well, i've had a lot of interesting talks like one of my favorite things to talk about is religion and faith and origins especially with really religious people i'm not religious myself i'm just kind of in the middle i don't not believe in god and i also don't believe in god it's right just, i'm somewhere in the middle and not of a particular faith. I don't think the Christians are right. I don't think the, the Muslims are right. I don't think the Buddhists. I just think everybody probably has a little bit of the, the idea. Yeah. But I love to talk to people who are deeply religious and just hear them out. Like, what is your view on all? What is your take on all this? Like, I have this one friend who is extremely Christian. She, like, goes around the world with, like, uh, what do you call it? Uh, Christian study groups and prayer oh. groups and all that stuff. And likes to go to those and mega churches with those and mega oh preachers and all that stuff. Yeah. Not really my vibe, I gotta say. But like, for example, we had this talk about, I think, I can't remember if she asked me or I asked her, but the topic eventually came up that if it wasn't for religion, how do you know what's right from wrong? Oh boy. And like, she was essentially, if I didn't have religion, I wouldn't know that it was wrong to murder people. And I'm like, yeah. what the hell are you talking about? Yeah. That is an argument that comes up a lot. I've, I've, I follow a lot of atheists, and that is one of the arguments that comes up a lot. It's like, well, we just do. We're before religion. We're social animals. We are, you know, our genes go back. We're like 80% banana or whatever, you know, monkeys <laughs> and shit. Like, it's, you know, it's like it's ingrained. This is another thing I've learned a lot from Peterson. It's, it's ingrained in our behavior, their behavior patterns. That's why you look at the sun and it means something to you and you look at Horace and it's like, Oh yeah, I get it. I get what he was trying to convey. You don't have to fucking study about that. It's like, it's like you with your music, right? You just described the meaning of those songs and we're like, yeah, that's exactly what we got out of them. And like, we never talked before. I didn't fucking, there's no paper research written about that song or your process. It's just like, you did an yeah. exceptionally good job at transmitting this thing, which is in like it's a collective a unconscious. And exactly. It's like, we all get it. it we, you know, it's the same. Well, that's thing. a large part of why I don't like to include a lot of lyrics in most of my work because I prefer that it just speaks for itself. Because hmm. I think once you get words into the picture, it, you can sort of take away from the meaning. Even if I try and tell you too much what something is, then you don't get to think about it for yourself. Yeah, the uh, the was the the beauties in the eye of the beholder, or whatever. Or does it has to be? Because mm -hmm. we also had we, we talked about this. We did. I also had this question. I always want to hear the artist's view on this. Should it has should it have a meaning or should I create a meaning? I think it's a little bit of both. 
for me, I definitely try and portray and, and a certain feeling. But at the same time, I can't control what you see. If I show you a picture of a, I don't know, if they give you an orange, you might love oranges and you think, oh, orange reminds me of my grandma for some reason. Or you might think I fucking hate oranges. I, it reminds me of that time I got squirted in the eye with some orange juice and it hurt. <laughs> I mean, everybody has different experiences about everything. And that's just how it is. Everybody has a subjective life experience and you can never know exactly what someone else is experiencing or feeling about a particular thing. Exactly. So I want to address and, the, the point you had before. And I, I kind of trying to find, figure out how to address both of your points at the same time. Okay. So I think uh, I want to just go back when you said discussing with really religious people. And mm -hmm. I would used to do that as I was as I was growing up, but I had like this immature, immature kind of way of approaching. Like you're right and I'm right, but we had to convince each other, mm -hmm. which just doesn't lead mm -hmm. to anything. It doesn't work <laughs> at all, at all. Trust me, I had conversations until five a.m. in the morning about evolution, and it didn't help. Oh, boy. But then, quite recently, I think it was last year when I got I kind of got on a journey when I started researching about philosophy, religion, system of beliefs, and everything of that sort. And I have one friend who is a strong Christian. Strong, strong Christian. <laughs> I, I read the Buff. Bible, but also go to the gym. <laughs> kind of a, the, guy, the kind of guy who actually uh, abstained from sex until marriage. Sure. Strong, strong man. I'm going to give it to him. He's a strong boy. And we had this I conversation. He jacks off. <laughs> Which invalidates the whole point. Could, could you have done it? No. Th therefore, he's stronger than you. So we move on. So jacking off when I was five, and I didn't give a shit about that. <laughs> I'm talking about Jenna. Just a lot of a lot of talk about jacking off today. Hey, that's just that's what happens here on a tangents with Clean and my podcast. That's how that's how you know Mike is sad, actually. <laughs> oh no. Yeah. <laughs> okay, we're well, getting back to the point. So we had the discussion, and we're going about the whole thing. And he told me about this one story in the Bible, which I'm probably gonna mess up completely, but it's. it's the gist of it was Jesus somewhere in a big room, a whole crowd of people in front of him. And there's this one sick lady in the back that has to fight with everybody to get in front and touch him. And at the moment she touches him, she gets healed about all the a bunch of sicknesses that she had. And my whole thing about it is like, I don't particularly like this story because it kind of makes you look, kind of makes it seem like you have to be completely desperate in order to prove that you actually have faith. Mm -hmm. I can understand why that obviously mm. works, but it kind of puts in the position like you have to be. And he just cleared out for me like in, in a way that I, I've never could have put it into words myself. But basically, I'm not going to tell you how he explained it because the conclusion is more important. I have a thing when, when I think about a very religious person, I'm thinking about something like a priest or a hermit. So somebody who stops their, their life, everything that they're doing and just dedicates it to their um, mm -hmm. belief. And the way he portrayed it was not necessarily like that. If the thing he I came up with it is if you really believe in yourself, like if you call it no, no, your mission, your heart's purpose or your soul's purpose, whatever you want to call it, and sure. you really believe in it and you go on that journey that this imposes you, the fact that you believe in God, it will have to enable you to believe that you can actually do it. So it's not a thing of holding you from your journey actually should be propelling you forward. Hmm. I had this whole thing in my almost the entirety of my life is religion is bad for because it's stopping you from experiencing life and you have to put a stop from just to be faithful. But then like this other guy who was obviously very faithful and put a stop on some things in his life. He tells me like if you really believe in things, there's no reason you have to fear. 
because the universe um, will provide god will help you or whatever hmm. else kind of a name you want to put on that and back to your your uh, point with the whole stories and the symbols and everything like the sun and yeah. horse and everything else it is true that it is deep deep embedded in our psyche our collective mind as a human species but also it's stories are the means that these things get across from everybody see that's that, the means of transport for that's this information. exactly what i was gonna say like from a storytelling standpoint that like i don't know how to process that story because who am i am i supposed to be the old lady who's desperate and egotistic and like fuck all y'all diseases minds more important that i need to get healed or am i the crowd who's like yo who the fuck is this bitch up in here pushing up Saul of side to get healed by this guy called jesus like who am i supposed to relate to the old lady oh. that's but then, the main but character then in here. to me personally that just sounds like i'm like why that goes back to the antelope thing and all that it's like because i've had this ingrained like my th- feeling towards this story is that i sub- i'm supposed to relate to her but i don't because i'm like it feels egotistic to like push everyone aside and like i know i'm gonna touch him and i'm gonna get healed it's like why are you, why is she so special because she has more faith that's that's not a that's not I don't a good know. enough reason to me, man. I'm like, not sure, an atheist, I'm like, not sure if that's that. canon. I know, I'm not sure if that's canon, but that's how I thought about oh, it. The whole thing about religion. the story was everybody was just sitting in there, like they were listening to Jesus, and yeah. she just went in front of it, so she wasn't actually bothering anybody. So it's phrased like that, but you get the point. You're just I know looking I know. for loopholes right now. I, I am looking for loopholes. That's what I do best. What do you think of this story? Me. Well. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, I I thought a lot about a lot of these religious stories. You know, in in school we had um, I think it was just called Christianity and Religion. It was a whole uh, class that we had like two, three, and four religion. hours a week. That's interesting. We had that too. No, we only had. I know. Wasn't the main con- was it a main context like religions in general or was it just Christianity? It was Christianity and religion. It was mainly Christianity, but also just really, they were talking about all sorts of other kinds of faith. But since See, it, I, I grew up in that. a Christian country, that's what they focused mainly on. I suppose. Yeah, obviously. But I always thought there's a lot of really interesting stories in here. Obviously, a lot of these stories have been around for so long, and they persist and they keep being around because they speak about important issues. You know, or they talk about faithfulness and belief and, and fear and death and love and life and all these important things that we experience every day and it's important to talk about these things yeah but i think that once things become i'm not even sure how to phrase this but in religion you see a lot of the time that it becomes just about the religion people are faithful just to be faithful just for the it, sake of it they yeah for, Exactly. Yeah, they sort of forget what it's really about the bigger picture. But then again, I'm who am I to say that? Because everybody has their own experience of what God means and what faith means. And that's perfectly good and well, and it should be that way. But we get up in arms and argue about the differences between our gods. And that's so silly. And, and when people do something just to be a better Christian or a better Muslim or a better Buddhist, like, what are you trying to prove, man? Wow, you have such a such a sort of liberal Scandinavian out, open-minded outlook on life. Um, which obviously The thing is, I want to agree with everybody. I just want to yeah. get along with everybody, but you can't, man. There's always going to be some yeah. crazy person. There's always going to be somebody who's just really brainwashed. You know, and again, who who says I'm not brainwashed? I don't know. Maybe I yeah. am, but I don't think so. But that's what a brainwashed person would say. So I think one of the problems is in I'm not sure. So I grew up with everybody saying this. I never actually heard it being told to me directly. 
But there's a thing everybody told me that in religion, they tell you, uh, you have to trust, but you should not research it. Right. You don't have to look at yeah. evidence. Uh -huh. Yeah. The, the thing is, and what I've looked into is the reason they say this is because it works. It honestly works. Like if you actually truly believe in something, your uh, brain will do the mental gymnastic you need to do in order to think that thing is actually happening. And it's actually helping you. And by all means, probably it is helping in one way. Yeah. The problem is when you have like this deep of a belie believe in it, whenever somebody else comes in, but, but yeah, but maybe you're right, but maybe, you know, you cannot really accept it. And I think that's where the whole problem is. Like we it had to be absolute value for somebody. If, if it were like that, you wouldn't have Christian people use smartphones and shit because like how many average Joes know the underworkings of a phone? So then it must be magic. So then it must be heresy. But you still yeah, that's another thing. Like them, so. I, I've spoken to this really, really, really Christian friend of mine. Like she is extremely devout, and it's funny because she believes science is a lie. She believes okay. science is all fake, and she believes the Earth is flat. And you know, peace be for that. That's her right to believe that. Yeah. But at the same time, you know, she loves her smartphone. She loves the internet. I bet she likes and posting pictures on Instagram. <laughs> I don't know if she does that, but I don't know. Just... My point being is, it's it's such a disconnect right and yeah that concerns me because if you if you can be so blindly attached to one version of reality and completely neglect another part of it that just to me is dangerous because that's the same kind of mentality that will give you grant you personally the right to hurt someone in the name of whatever you believe in this is literally why i don't talk to my dad's side's grandparents because they are uh, neo-Protestant Christians. So like, you know, the, the Americans that you see, like with the mega churches and all that. And uh, in my entire relationship with them since I was a kid, especially now more than ever, like if, if I call them or we talk once like every blue moon, uh, they're grandparents, right? You don't, you, you fucking, everyone knows grandparents love you more than parents in a sort of... <laughs> <laughs> in that weird way of like they'll allow anything and go wild and you know the, the grandparents yeah. will be nicer to the grandkid than they were to the pe the, the, the kids you know to, to their yeah that's a very different relationship going on yeah exactly but and you expect them it's like oh it's my grandma calling me and it's like hi how are you doing have you been eating you know the classic grandma thing or whatever none of that man none like no nada they would call me and then god i remember i one time went to visit them uh, because of my mom and her mom, like my grandma from that side, they were like, come on, you haven't been to them in a long time or driving past the village where they're living. Just just called pass by. And I'm like, well, all right. And we went in and we spent two hours, two fucking hours. And she was just preaching out of the Bible with the, for us. Uh, like, and then like, I don't know, she'd call me and she would, again, she's a grandmother. She wouldn't be like, how are you doing? Are you well fed? Do you have a girlfriend? When are you going to get married? You know, shit like that. No, she'll be like, I believe that God has told me this and you should do this. And it's not even a question of like, have you done this? Oh, maybe you should do this because the Bible says so. It's just like, I believe that, you know, you should do this because God said to do this. And it's like, I don't want to talk to you anymore. Fuck, fuck you, Grandma. Stop yeah, and me. I see this a lot. You know, I've seen a lot of family drama of all different yeah. kinds, and a lot of it is religion related. And you know, people, for example, if you're gay and if you're Muslim, oh. that's a big, big no-no. Um, and I know gay Muslims, and they do not have it fucking easy at all. No. And 
I can't even imagine what that's even like. I grew up in a very liberal country, uh, and everything is pretty chill here for the most part. But when I hear these stories about people arguing with their own family members over things that are essentially issues sprung from faith, then it just it hurts. It's sad. It's why do you fight with your own? Yeah, it creates discrepancies. It creates borders. It separates. And I realized that if we go back far enough, there's probably some idiot who threw a stone in somebody's face and that's how it all started. Yeah. Uh, like there's to this day, we have ongoing conflicts uh, around the world that have started, you know, centuries ago. I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't. I used to, to, to agree to that of like some idiot threw a stone at someone and that's how it started. But then like. Look at the animal kingdom, man. Like you have so many activists or whatever and be like, oh, think about this animal and that animal. But like you look at the fucking wild and it's like. It's crazy out there. It's a per- it, it's it's balanced. It's balanced. Yeah. It's fucking balanced. Most it's, of the times. Well, OK, without human intervention. Most of the times. But it's like. Yeah, yeah OK, go on. You know, oh, be vegans <laughs> not kill the animals. But then like in the wild, it's like, well, there's a perfect balance of this species and this species and this one feeds on the grass and this one feeds on that one and it's a whole chain and that's how evolution happened and it's that is so much more ingrained in our genetics than any human experience since like you know pseudo humans or whatever that's way older of like things eating other things to survive or you know yeah that's what i'm saying deeply ingrained in the human I think I'm not drunk enough. You're not drunk enough. (laughs) I'm not making sense. I'm not conveying what I'm trying to convey. I need to drink more. (laughs) But I also think there's another issue. When you look at religion and religious texts, for example, the the Bible is what so and so many hundred years or 2,000 years old, however much you want to think it is. And then the Quran is so and so many hundreds of years old and other sort of texts are so and so old. But if you go back far enough, you really start to lose a lot of accuracy, even just going back five years. With all the misinformation out there, it's really hard to get a grasp of what actually happened in the past. So I can't even imagine that we have any kind of accurate picture of what really happened in the world a thousand years ago or 10,000 years ago. We have no idea. We can observe from historical uh, evidence, like archaeologists digging up stuff and stories passed down through generations and stuff like that. See, I've, I've, there's such a blurry picture and nobody really knows what the hell is going on. We're all just still kind of like fighting with each other, throwing bombs in each other's faces. It's weird. I've, I've read into that. So I was interested in that exact topic and I read into that. And it turns out that uh, the way information was conveyed right after writing and all that is that you had to trust that one guy who was there to see those things that wrote that book about this topic, right? And you have to trust all the reprints and all the yeah. other people talking about it and doing the research. And you'd have, you know, history books pre-computers or whatever would have been like, well, it's either this guy's version or that guy's version or, you know, very like a handful of people at most who wrote it. And then each one had it, like you said, had a different version of it or slightly different or whatever. Or, and then there's interpretation as well. Exactly. But then since the information era, uh, that is a lot better because now you don't have to trust that one guy who wrote, you know, the victor or whatever, the victor, the, the history is written by the victor, right? Didn't have to trust yeah. his opinion because you could read like a billion people's opinions about it and be, that was the whole point of the information age in the internet, right? To be informed. The problem is it's so much information and it's not, there's no, you know, we had Kienka, a uh, Nigerian data scientist on, on our podcast. And he talked about this, like that's why he became a data scientist. He wanted to follow the data. And I found it nice. really fascinating because 
it's now we have so much data and there's so much misinformation because there's no there's there's, there's basically no mechanisms to filter it to curate it to to testify its validity or whatever you know it's, it's just out there and then and that's also another issue i think especially now that we have the internet and all that there's a lot of misinformation too it's very easy to just put out a card counter argument about something and then have people argue about all that instead that exactly have i ever told you the story about my mom and which one the blog post the, okay i no. was i was still in london and uh, you know tubes and all that right so no signal and then I had a, like a one hour journey to get home. And I think at some point I was taking the overground, which is partly underground. And then at some point it, come, it comes out from the underground. And then I, I got reception and I got like a bunch of missed calls from my mom and messages and shit like that. And I'm like, whoa, what the fuck happened? So I call her back and she, she was like, are you okay? I heard it was bombing and there was like terrorist attack in London. And I'm like, oh, fuck, I have not heard about this. I'm sure that all these billion people with me in this train would, would have, you know, someone would have been panicked or someone would like mm. say something or there was been a reaction or like people talking or whatever. There's nothing like that. And I'm like, all right, uh, when I get home, uh, send me the link. And then she sent me a link and there was like this as a computer scientist or programmer or whatever you want, or someone, an internet dweller, you could smell that blog post from a million miles that it's fake. It looked fake. It was like some guy's name.blogpost.com or some shit. And then I crossed checked the pictures. One of them was from the actual 2011 bombings. And one of them was like some kid in Syria from like the bombings there. And someone just oh. like maybe an AI auto generated or someone wrote like a false article that uh, a, a yeah that's bombing a happened that on. day and my mom like i don't know how the fuck it came up on her instagram on her facebook feed and she saw it and she was like oh my god and i was like have you even looked at this this looks stupid the pictures are yeah. from different events and like all the words are stupid and like this isn't yeah there's a lot of talk about that especially in the last couple of years since the american election and all that with you know interference with information and misinformation being spread wildly especially on facebook right oh um, yeah and even though you have some concrete evidence in just straight up pictures and data that you cannot argue with, somebody else will argue with it. Yeah. <laughs> and you end up with a lot of parental arguments that people will then just argue more about. And it's just up in arms again. And we're right back where we started, essentially. I always just kind of thought that, okay, this is just human evolution. This is completely natural. Like even, you know, airplanes and spaceships, it's all natural. It's just part of how, how things are going to play out if you let them. And I think we're going to have to go through several hundred more years of all this fighting and nonsense before we reach any kind of peaceful, like, global situation. That reminds me of The Expanse, which is another sci-fi series. Yeah, I've seen a little bit of that. What what were those called? Like, the... What? There's these moments in the evolution of every civilization and the the big filters. Oh, yeah, yeah. The big filter. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Thought a lot about that one myself. So I think it was it's in- at some point that we are kind of getting closer and closer to one of them. Yeah. Yeah, I guess for anybody who doesn't know, the, the main concept essentially is that why aren't we not seeing you know more aliens out in the sky? Like, why are they not like obviously there? Why can't we see like ancient ruins or something on different worlds, or whatever? Yeah. And maybe it's just because everybody ends up destroying themselves, or maybe they just don't exist. There's got to be some reason and. 
And yeah, a lot of people think we're probably close to either destroying ourselves or actually making it across some kind of cosmic boundary and growing up as a real society, global world that can work together. I really hope there are aliens. I hope so too. Have you ever seen, there's a YouTube video, it's like really old. Not remember if it, I don't think it's a TED talk, but it looks kind of like a TED talk. It's called Vlad the Astrophysicist. (laughs) You've told me about that. I'm not sure. There's this guy who is, he's basically playing a song on a guitar, but like he barely strums the chords, like very mellow in the background. And he tells the story about uh, himself meeting a astrophysicist from the Czech Republic, I think. And somewhere in the uh, mountainside in the back of a villa, of a cottage or something. And they were just having beers and they were talking. And the, the guy who's singing asks at some point that, Vlad, I think you're the only one person I know that can answer to this to me. So head it to me straight, pal. Are there aliens out there? And if there are, why haven't they not contacted us? And the answer is kind of fine. I don't want to spoil it for everybody because the whole thing is it takes like 10 minutes. So like it's such a sweet little video out there. I always just figured that the main reason we're probably not seeing a lot of aliens is that they think we're crazy and dangerous. <laughs> if they are out there and it, I mean, if there really are other aliens out there and they are intelligent enough to travel the universe and they see planet Earth and humans and what we're up to, they're probably just thinking, holy shit, those guys are dangerous. Let's stay away. I don't know, man. I don't think I agree with that. I think my opinion is that if they come to such a point of enlightenment, both technological and probably like, you know, individual, spiritual or whatever, to be able to explore the stars and then contact uh, or, you know, come in contact with us. I think the reason they don't, if that's the case, is that they look at us and they're like, oh, these guys still got like a couple of good hundred years before they get to us. There's no we remember what we were like at their age and we're like, you know, we don't want none of that. Makes no point. Yeah. yeah. I think that's a more yeah, exactly. sort of realistic. Because it, 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 imagine like scientifically, if they come to a point where they have interstellar space travel, they must be way more advanced than, than us. Yeah. Way more. So they, they probably look at it's like or you have the thing with like the anthill, right? You look at the ants and you can burn them with the magnifying glass. I have no fucking idea what's going on. Or like if you take a fish out of water, like that fish has no idea what's happening. Who like what Mm. is this force picking me up? What is this strange looking thing? They probably can't even distinguish us or whatever. They're just like like 4D with 3D, right? Like you have this thing taken out of a dimension and it's like you would like, you know, the the, the thing with the 2D, the 2D yeah. figures. Flatlanders. Yeah. Flatlanders, yeah. Yeah, yeah, the 3D thing. And it, to you, it just looks like a constant stream of one of one thing until it passes through its dimension, the one that mm-hmm. you can't perceive. So, like, maybe it's the same thing for us. It's just like, we don't fucking, we yeah. could not possibly conceive that. Just basically, take that one small ant and start explaining quantum physics. Yeah, it's like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I, I, I kind of, for a long time, I, I figured that humans as a whole species we're we're still in our adolescence we're still teenagers we're still kids essentially i think we have a lot of growing up to do myself included and uh, there's just a long way to go because we're still throwing bombs at each other we're still arguing over stupid things that don't need to be argued about but maybe they do need to be argued about because we need to hash these things out and really get through all these subjects before we can get to the really important stuff maybe it's like uh, if you're mad at someone, you got to talk about that shit before you can be friends again. You got to drop a nuke to let them know you're upset. You didn't call you or whatever. <laughs> what, what if the whole thing is just the whole evolution is going through 
what's it, the guy's called Milo's uh, pyramid of high priorities. Oh, uh, just climb through everybody yeah. and Mas- first Maslow, Maslow, Mas- Maslow, uh, whatever that guy. I'm I'm bad with memory, but either way, like first make sure everybody can, can fucking eat. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> then we hmm. talk about the but other that's, thing. That's an argument that I hear a lot. Uh, yeah, we haven't even covered that one. Yeah. There's there's a there's a fucking argument about that about a lot of people who like hate Elon Musk and shit. And they're like, why do we have to go and explore space? There's so many problems here. Let's fix these first and stuff. Yeah. And it's like, well, that is wrong because the fact that you have a fucking uh, camera on your phone and like the silicon chips and shit and uh, like screens or I can't remember. I can't remember, but there's like an exact fucking list of things that were uh mass produced and you know everyone has access to them because we wanted to explore the stars because of i know the fucking thermic radiation shields ding on the the capsule that goes into space that thing was like oh maybe we can use that to whatever wipe our butts or something yeah it's same with warfare you know in all of the the wars we've had global or otherwise there's a lot of important technologies that came out of that life-saving technologies yeah, and it's the same argument. Like, why go to a different planet? Because we will learn things about that that we can correlate. It's like the same yeah. thing with th- that's yeah. exactly why I said that with the aliens. It's like I hope there is one because if there is, just the fact that we know that there is without knowing anything about them answers like a billion questions. It'll open up yep. two billion more questions, but it'll answer at least one billion questions we already have. It's like okay, we're not alone. Okay, there's probably more meaning to life and whatever. Okay, what if there are international interspatial wars or whatever? Like okay, what are they like? You know. It's it answers going to a different planet, going to Mars and doing just nothing will prove that at least we have the technology to do that, which already answers a billion things. And then going there and just picking up one rock and looking and be like, oh, OK, now we know like five more things. It's 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 slow and incremental. And we're in the fast <laughs> fucking information age where I talk fast on a yeah. fucking computer thing with electrons going <laughs> everywhere. It's like people are listening and they're like, get bored and like two X speed because they can assimilate that. And it's like, we're so not used to just fucking chill, kick it oh. back. And as we talked earlier, self-reflect, think about your own things and whatever. We're just so used to the data and the, I'm sorry. <laughs> I do this on the <laughs> podcast a lot. <laughs> we are two hours and 28 minutes in. Is it the longest? It is definitely. The, yeah, I'm, the I don't longest. think we've passed. Have we passed two hours? I don't, I don't remember passing two hours. No. How How do you feel about that, dude? I feel like we just got started. Oh, shit. It usually is like that. Is this the beginning of a beautiful lifetime friendship? <laughs> what was that (laughs) it's one of my voices voices in my head i could do a really good smeagol impression a what now a smeagol impression do it please now i can because i'm on the spot um (laughs) stupid herbert says trying to steal brushes from gollum what's takers eh?" Yeah. I always like to do a goofy impression. Oh, yeah. I'm going to yuck you up. <laughs> I love the, 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 what is it? The, 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 the crazy maniac uh, Mickey Mouse. Oh, I'm going to burn your house down. Oh, I'm going to rape your father. Oh, I'm going to kill your family. Oh. <laughs> I love how they do that in South Park. Oh, I have not watched enough South Park. To, to relate to that. I still, to this day, believe that it's one of the best shows ever made. Really? Yeah. So, South Park, 
uh, okay, top three: South Park, Family Guy, and Simpsons. I'm not a huge fan of Family Guy and Simpsons, but I do like. Okay. I I don't think I could even list a lot of my favorite shows. There's a bunch of them. Uh, oh, that's hard to just. I, I off the top of my head, I'm completely blank right now. Even though there's probably a hundred. What do you? All right. What do you do? Like in your free time or whatever. Like, what's the go-to things? TV shows? Is it books? Is it music? Is it nothing? Is it? Usually, I just I like to talk to my friends. I I watch a lot of just like old TV shows from my childhood. While I like, for example, I do a lot of Photoshop, like for my artwork and stuff, and all these write stuff. And I like to just have like some old TV shows. Like I love Stargate, for example. Wow. All right. Hmm. Or uh, what was I watching recently? I see that's my t- my memory is actually really bad <laughs> hmm. same as us oh yeah okay. well he's thinking the which ones for you snickers hmm? you mentioned three shows pick one what do you mean but you mentioned south park family guy. oh i've i've only simpsons. seen family guy i've seen all of family guy uh the, the simpsons is, the simpsons is weight sort of too old i guess for me to have gotten into it early enough because now it's like oh i don't, I don't want to watch it like a mid-season bazillion i want to watch it from the beginning but it's like it feels like a huge commitment and same with south park they've been going on for so long it just so happens that family guy was the one that i picked at some point i'm like all right i'm gonna watch it from beginning to end uh you know i was like sick in high school for like two weeks and then i just watched season one to like 11 or whatever or seven or i don't know what came out at the time but yeah, South Park, I've only seen a bunch of episodes here and there and the movie and the definitely the one with World of Warcraft. <laughs> I think we <laughs> all saw the best that. Episodes. Yeah. And then Simpsons, but South Park is a really strange show because it's, it's extremely absurd. It's very childish in a lot of ways. It's very stupid, honestly. It's just one of the dumbest shows. Well, Family Guy is the same. It's just but, puke jokes and fart jokes. Yeah, and, but the, at the same time, I think it's deeply profound. Like the South Park, yeah. in my experience, they take up a lot of really profound issues and they just make really intelligent satire about it. Just make it as absurd as they possibly can to get a point across. I've watched, I've watched YouTubers analyze seasons and episodes. I watched Wisecrack do that. Yeah. Uh, and they, they do like some really, it's really interesting how they, exactly like you said, they decompose some very, very important and interesting issues. And they decompose them into some, into like South Park, basically. And they sort of reconstruct, they, they say, they, they convey the same feeling, but for a different story or a similar story or a poopy, yeah. goofy, whatever story. Hmm. I I think Family Guy tries to do that, but Family Guy is a lot more. It's a lot more sort of topical. Like I don't know, man, because the last few seasons of South Park, from the reviews I've seen, are very sort of anchored in what was going on in in America at the time of the release. Yeah, it's very contemporary usually. Exactly. Whereas Family Guy is a lot of a lot more callbacky, but. Mm-hmm. to individual artists so they do all the I they see, do a yeah. lot of guest appearances and they have all these like crazy like oh boom, peter does something meg does something and it's like oh it's just like that time i was a waiter with so-and-so famous star and then there's like skits. yeah that's like a whole so, cornerstone other thing yeah. exactly it's just it's just and then it's just like a five minute skit or like a few seconds skit of 
Peter or someone that you know from the show doing something with some other movie star that's voiced by something completely different. That's their whole gist. Did you make make fun of actors? It's funny because basically, if you take that point, you have a trifecta of it. You have um, I'm the guy who looks backwards. You have um, South, South Park, Park. was it with current topics, and then you have The Simpsons, who was always <laughs> saying what's going to happen, predicting shit. Oh God! Holy shit! I think we just you know what we had realized how history would would be taught in five to ten years. <laughs> <laughs> Live on tangents with Clean and Mike. <laughs> <laughs> you hit it here first, people. Yes. <laughs> feel like Alex Did you Jones. ever wonder about like how future generations will see our time? I'm talking about like 100, 20, 500 years from now. How will they see our time currently? I read a really interesting thing about that a lot. I, I read an interesting thing about that um, uh, relating to medicine. So now we look back to the medicine and the ways they were doing oh, medicine yeah. 100 years ago. And it's like, what? Drilling a hole in a guy's head to right. like, let the demons? <laughs> and they were still doing fuck? that less than 100 years ago. Yeah. Uh, now we have this thing where we think we're like, oh, look at us, man. We're so fucking evolved. We just like, you know, we, we can cut you open with precision and remove the kidney stone or whatever. And in 100 years from now, people are going to be like, you used to cut people open? Like, that's so barbaric. We just yeah. throw lasers uh-huh. or whatever. And it's like, boom, Could done you- in five seconds. Or reconstruct the limb, or like you had to sew it off. Ew, you know, that's how. Yeah, I exactly. Feel I think there's going to be a lot of interesting advancements in, in medicine, especially, especially also with the advent of AI. Really, nanotechnology, man. Right Nanobots Nano, reconstructing you. The gray goo apocalypse. The great goo. Oh apocalypse. yeah, the day the yogurt <laughs> took over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know, man. I'm so sad. I will never be able to see how, how the whole story will end up being, the humanity story that is. Yeah. But I think we are living in great times. Like, as much as I fangirl oh, sure. about Vikings or or pirates <laughs> or whatever, it's like life conditions were shit, man. Like, there was no modern medicine. There's you can fucking ninety percent of the planet couldn't read. Like, if if we you were, were constantly scared because of, like the first fall of like rain or thunder was like, oh shit, the gods are pissed off. They're gonna kill us. Like, you didn't understand anything. Mm. It must have been really tense and like. I'm scared of this drive. We would have been dead. And that. We cannot see properly. Oh, yeah. We We cannot fight with a sword. (laughs) We would have been dead. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I sometimes wonder about how would my life have been in a certain different era. And I think a lot of people think about that. Like, what could I have survived in the 60s or in the 1800s or in, you know, in the time of Christ or whatever it is or in the Stone Age? Uh, I personally think I would have had a very different life. I yeah. probably wouldn't have been a musician the same way I am now because it depends on lots of computers, but I probably would have just been some hermit peasant somewhere just trying to figure stuff out for himself. You would have been a court musician. <laughs> wow. When I was little, like when I was eight years old, I did my first school play and I had to play like the, the what do you call it, the jester? Like yeah. I got a lute. I had to pretend to play on the lute. The bard? I think that's what it's called. I'm not sure. Yeah. The guy singing the songs about all the knights. Yeah. Yeah, it was like set in the medieval times, this thing. Yep. Anyway. Yeah. I hardly remember it now. What was the first the first thing you can remember that you wanted to be when you when you grew up? Astronaut. Really? Very ambitious. What's the story behind that? Oh, I just fucking love the moon, dude. I wanted to go to the moon. I always just looked up in the sky, you know, lots of people do this and just look up at the sky and think, wow, I want to go there. Yeah. That's how I felt. So I would just stare at the moon every single day when I was a kid, if I could, anyway, if it was there or the clouds weren't in a way, but 
I always just dreamed about how it'd be, be to leave this planet and go somewhere else and what you might learn and discover out there. Would there be aliens? Would there be, you know, different phenomena? And so I wanted to bounce around on the surface. And was see it really was made like. out of cheese? Yeah. Is there really a I'll man on the moon? <laughs> That's so interesting because you reminded me of the, I think I mentioned this before, the game Ether by Edmund McMillan. Probably. That's, it's basically what you described. It's this kid who really wants to go out exploring other planets and then he like this thing i can't remember what it was but like he floats on this thing he visits other planets solves their issues and then by the time they're all solved he gets back to his planet but every time he solves an issue the, his planet becomes smaller and smaller and then when he gets back to the planet huh. uh, he touches it and it just it, it just shatters like a like a glass and then wow. he's left floating and it's like the story of like you know you're constantly looking outward, like what we talked about. And I think that's a really good evolution that you just described uh, sort of at different points in time. Because before you said about how you are now, you're grounded, you're looking inward. And then you're talking now about when you were a kid and you were looking outward. And I, I feel like that there's a progression there yeah. that, you, that you made. But uh, I think that's very natural. When you're a kid, you don't really think as much about your inner universe as you do when you grow up, I suppose. Yeah, because you're exploring. You just kind of look at the world and take everything in. You know, you're just absorbing the universe and, and, and figuring out what's going on and learning language and learning how to move your body and stuff. Yeah. Colleen, what was your first but I always just wanted to be an astronaut. What was my first dream job? Have I ever asked you that? I don't... Maybe. I don't know. Because I know I talk about mine a lot. Yeah. Mine's because, stupid. Yeah. You, <laughs> <laughs> what, what's yours first? <laughs> So for the life of me, I couldn't find, uh, figure out an answer for it because it will happen like so many times. My parents like, so what do you want to be when you grow up? Like, I have no idea. Like, I was so... I want to be a kid. I was so cynic and down to it. But I'm like, I have no idea how people work. How do I know what I want to do? If I, life is I meaningless. I want to I want to die. <laughs> I don't want to make it to that. But I would like... I don't know what a lawyer does. I don't know what a policeman does. I don't know what any of the You're people so do. so woke. How do I know what I want to be? Hmm. So what did I pick up eventually? Was a movie stuntsman. Really? I would have loved to be a stuntsman. I could see you doing that. I know. Yeah, I could too, actually. Thank he, you. He has a six pack. Most of the time. <laughs> he does. <laughs> uh, well, mine was a priest. <laughs> you wanted to be a priest? Yeah, yeah. I grew up in a village. How come? In the I grew up in a village in the middle of nowhere, raised by my grandparents. Uh, and I, they're very religious. So they took me to church every fucking Sunday. And obviously that was the only thing I knew up to a certain age. And I was like, that's what I want to do. Like, I want to be a priest. And then there was serious talk up until before high school. Uh, when you like, get to pick what high school you want to go to and what like profile to study and what path to pick or whatever. Was they were really interested in theology and all that. Yeah, it was. Well, I wasn't really interested. I was always a lazy kid. I wasn't really interesting. I wasn't interested in reading about it or like. Or that, but like I just loved the mysticism of it, and that I used to sing in the church choir up until like tenth grade or whatever. When I decided cool. to become an atheist, it's just like I I did all those things, and I was that was the only thing I knew. But then obviously high school, and then I think when I was a young kid, it was priest, and then the next thing, the second thing, was a movie actor. And I remember my parents making fun of me, and they was like, "Well, that's a huge gap there between those two. You might want to rethink that." <laughs> Is it though? Yeah. Is it? My dad has this joke that like uh, before high school when there was these serious conversations of like, do you want to go to maths and programming or do you want to do something else or do you really want to do theology? And I think 
I remember this happening, but it didn't happen exactly like that. Like they sat me down with the priests from my village and, and he was like, okay, so I heard this is what you want to do. And like, let me tell you about it. And I'm like, all right, tell me about it. And then he told me a bunch of shit. Uh, one of them being that you need to be married to one single woman, which I didn't care about at the time because I was a virgin and I've ne- I, I never had a girlfriend. And I was like, all right, that doesn't sound too difficult. It's what I've been doing so far. <laughs> but then my dad was a fucking pervert. He was like, oh, I got you there. And then it's an ongoing joke in my family that like that's when I decided that wasn't going to be a priest. When I heard that you had to be married to a single woman and that I wasn't going to go for that. Huh. And I was like, well, I mean... Looking back, you're not wrong <laughs> in practice of how I've been living my life, but that wasn't the thing. But you know, I mean, <laughs> there's also there's other religions you could have been a priest into. Yeah, are there? Eventually, I just figured out I like music more, and I found out that you couldn't really be an astronaut in Denmark. It was a pretty tough road to take. You know, you really? would have to basically immigrate to to the United States or take some ridiculous program and never probably get into space. We have one Danish guy who went to the space station. Hey, um, like a, two years ago or something. Okay. Well, I think you basically have US, like Canada, age. or Russia. But we have ESA. <clears throat> you yeah. should be able to for the ESA to go. Yeah, he went through ESA. I think I can't. I, his name was Andreas something. I'm not sure what his name was. I think it was Andreas. Um, but yeah, he went up there for like a week or something. Okay. Cool guy. So that could have been me. Hey. There Whoa. You go. <laughs> There's a lot of work that had to be to went into it. I probably wouldn't have made the cut to be honest. No, they, they, but luckily I discovered music and you know, I was always just really into music. You know, oh. I was my I had a stepdad from around age five. Uh, he used to listen to a lot of classical music and that's definitely where that love started from. Hmm. Um, and my mom was really into disco. <laughs> ah, nice. So that was an interesting mix. I always got to listen to a bit of contrast there. I'm thinking just just the uh a huge uh, gap between music and orbital physics in Russian. If yeah. you if you ever had it, like a, 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 a sore heart about it, you had to deal with that. <laughs> I've read a couple of like, I mean, a couple. I read one biography of one astronaut. Yeah. So I kind of saw that the process is like completely ridiculously complicated. Well, yeah, it's a lot of work. He's the one astronaut who played music in on the ISS. So that is also live. Cool. I was weren't we did you didn't you buy his book in London in Brighton yeah yeah we bought we you bought that book and what the fuck did I buy Brighton yeah it's the best man Brighton is fucking oh love it what did I buy did I buy Cosmos I think I bought Cosmos yeah, yeah they bought Cosmos yeah he bought Chris Hatfield and I bought Carl Sagan there you go goes to show <laughs> bunch of fucking nerds always always and forever See, now, One of my favorite movies, though, speaking of Carl Sagan, is Contact. I still haven't seen that. You have not seen Contact? Have I? I have seen what Cosmos. I have seen Cosmos like five times. Uh, the, the old one. Man, you need to see Contact. Is that the I one should. with the rings? It's, uh, the it's, it's like a, they build a huge machine and stuff. Not that one. I'm thinking of this one. It's with the chick from... Jodie Foster. Yeah, Jodie Foster. The chick from Silence of the Lambs. Silence of the Lambs. She's, and that she's one, in yeah. a bunch of stuff. She's a really good actress. Yeah. Probably have seen it. I'll you know what? That. I have a question. <laughs> you just said a thing that I forgot what you said, but it reminded me of another thing, which I don't <coughs> forgot what it said. Um, why is your first thing published on Spotify a, uh, what's it, Twilight Zone? Or X-Files <laughs> remix thing? What is that about? X-Files, yeah. 
X Files. <laughs> it's funny to bring that up. Uh, well, I just always loved the X Files. I thought it was a great TV show when I was growing up, and always fascinated all that stuff. Um, anyway, I just always loved that theme music. I thought it was a great theme music. Okay. And I, when I started to get into dubstep, um, I always just thought, well, how do I get my name out there a little bit more? And I wanted to just kind of tackle something really well known and make dubstep out of it. So I made okay. the X Files remix. And what ended up happening was um, David Duchovny, the the actor in, in, in X Files, he actually heard it. Oh shit! And, Holy and shit. He, he reached out to to the original composer Mark Snow of the the music the theme there, and uh, then they reached out to to my label at the time, and they were like. Can't have this on YouTube. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. I thought this was going a different direction. This story. Yeah, I was, I was so like, when I first heard about it, I was like, yeah, oh, oh. oh yeah. <laughs> but then my manager at the time managed to strike a deal with them. Uh, with wow. The, I think it's 20, 20th Century Fox who owns the the rights to the show and all that. Um, they struck a deal with it, and I was lucky enough to get a really sweet deal where I get zero percent. That's. An amazing. Well, <laughs> but anyway, do? I got to release the remix, like uh, actually, like a real uh, certified public remix, you know, uh, and it's like actually approved by the 20th Century Fox and the original composer and David Duchovny have heard that song, so I think that's pretty that's fucking cool, man. But that was just like um, way back. It was like 2010 or something. I made that, and it ended up being an official release, and I don't know. It was just on that label, uh, and they stuck with it. Yeah, I think it's one of the first, like the oldest things that you have published. I, yeah, I think it's one of the first things I released under the Neo Geo. Wow. Because that, I remember that reminds me of the time when I found out about you when I was like trying to find more music and more stuff about you. And uh, I remember so confused because fucking not only are you private, Neo Geo, like it just brings up the fucking game console. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> First of all, second of all, there's a punk rock band with this chick and some old guy from America oh, called yeah, Neo yeah, Geo. Yeah. And then like, I was like looking like, oh, is this Neo Geo? And I was like listening. And I'm like, all right, follow. And then I'm like shuffle, like start radio or whatever Spotify has. And I was like, wait, that this is this is punk rock. This is not yeah. like Sola. This is not like then. Like yeah, what there's is been this a fair about? amount of confusion with that. I've heard from a lot of uh, the other Neo Geo bands fans that, that they thought that I was them or that. They thought that I was whatever. It was a big confusion for a while until I got the pages sorted out. And like now, today it's in order mostly on Spotify and Apple Music and all that. Those pages are separated now. Yeah, yeah. It's two different things, but yeah, it's unfortunate. Yeah, but that's because that, the other uh, band doesn't exist ubiquitous. anymore. But the name was actually so weird. Like it, I, it only started out as a. It was a joke at first. I was working with this guy called uh, Anas Uyland. He was actually. I don't know if you know the Barcro Brothers. Mm, no. Think so. They were like really huge around 2000. I was a big fan of them as well. Um, they made like this song called Tele, like like a phone song, like, uh, and they had this other song like Do Do. I think it's just called where it's like Do 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 Do. I can't even remember how it goes. But <laughs> <laughs> that's terrible. <laughs> but anyway, he was actually um, also producing for Aqua, like the Barbie Girl. Oh yeah, and all oh, that stuff that we know. Yeah, he was involved with all those guys, and so he introduced me to that whole universe. Like him and I made friends for a while, and we hung out a lot. And he was always saying to me, Gio, you're such a Neo. Such a Neo. I'm just going <laughs> to... He just said, Gio, you're Neo. such a Neo. I'm going to call you Neo Gio from now on. And he just started calling me that. And it just wow. kind of stuck with me. 
Oh, that's okay. why I so picked that's that the name. And I only found out later that it was the console as well, and there was another band called it. So it was a bit confusing for a while, but I just stick to it. I like the name. But I've, it, it fits, man. It fits with your whole profile of being private and stuff. It's like you pick up a confusing name to, you know, yeah. <laughs> to hide yourself or whatever, I guess. It's like fish. But fish became so huge that it's like, you, you know, it's a, it's a fucking band. I, don't, I didn't used to be so anonymous for a while. I was very public and, you know, uploaded my face and had videos and blog posts and stuff with my, you know, just talking in there and all that stuff. Uh, and I used Facebook a lot and such. How? I never really used Instagram that much until like the last year. Hmm. But it was like 2014. I just had this whole realization how much I despised Facebook and yeah. the whole social media game and I just wanted to get out of it so I just like deleted everything from my Facebook like all my comments all my pictures all my things just removed it that's, I still have my profile just never use it ever that's what happened to me in 2014 because 2014 is when Edward Snowden happened so oh yeah 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 I, I had a yeah, huge... it was definitely a little bit inspired by that as well yeah I remember right before that I was a huge Google fan like I got a I got a Chromebook and I was like, oh yeah, and then that happened. I was like, oh well, yeah, this sucks. Yeah, the thing is though, with all that, you know, you if you're online, I mean, you're being spied on. There's just no way around it. That's what Richard Stallman told me. Maybe not personally, like, yeah, I'm, I'm sure there's nobody monitoring anybody directly unless they're like yeah. high profile subject, but. It's just all automated now, and you can't get around it. If you have a phone, if you have a computer. It's just the data. It's the data that matters. It's not you. Yeah. You're not relevant. You're yeah, just, exactly. your, your data says something about you, what age group you're in, what social yeah, circles, yeah, yeah. what interests you have. And it's just that that's the information that's being sold to make profit by some companies so that other companies can just know what the fuck the throw as. I'm sure there's a whole bunch of weird reasons for collecting the data. You know, there's spy intelligence there's no national security yeah, there's, there's predictions of there's prediction models and stuff uh, it's very complex i'm sure and a lot of things we don't necessarily know yeah there's a tv show on netflix about that that's very really recent that i forgot the name of but it has <laughs> one of the actors from Mad Men in it <laughs> oh i never saw that one either i know about it i never saw it uh what Mad Men or the TV? Mad Men? oh it's so good john ham is a fucking hunk of man <laughs> i love i you know i love i love podcasting because this is the fucking best outlet to go like oh yeah you know deep existential stiff fucking i'd suck john ham's dick <laughs> <laughs> that's on the thumbnail yeah that's on the <laughs> nice no we've done that to this already oh uh, yeah oh we did the, we did do an, a, a preview of a teaser of one of the episodes where i talked about sucking dick of was wow. Carl Sagan's dick and asked oh, yeah. that, what, which story <laughs> do you want him to tell you while you're sucking his dick? Yes, and I said wow. episode seven, the backbone of night. My favorite one. I'm I'm not sure I would quite go to that level with Sagan. He's a nice dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's but that friend that, that you're like, ah, oh, but he's such a nice guy. I want to ruin our friendship. <laughs> <laughs> But that's basically me. That's I, I was thinking that. I didn't want to say it, but yes, it's basically it's like I don't want to ruin anything. <laughs> wow, dude. Because I'm not sure if it makes in in the whole cut. Because I think we discussed it before we started the official recording. But we've said that I'm I'm so friend zone with Mike. Yeah. I'm so deep in his friend zone. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. He ain't getting none of this. Mm -mm. He, he's what it is. <laughs> nah. -uh. All right, dude. It's yeah, whew, two hours and fifty-three. 
I think this is a good time to stop for the pot. We can still stay over and chat after. <laughs> but like for the, I, I was thinking, should I make it a two parter or should this be just one three hour chunk? And I'm tempted to leave it at three hours. Uh, you want it to be a three hour thing. I don't. Yeah, I don't you don't. Wanna, you want it. Yeah, I don't want to cut it in half. I don't be like, all right, I'm gonna cut it. I would argue too. We should not edit it. If it's not anything bad oh, in no, the beginning, just throw in the intro jingle and yeah. just go to the whole thing. Is there is there anything? Yeah. Is there anything that you want to be cut out from what we've spoken about? Mm, not that I can think of. I tend to just not say things I don't want to be heard. Perfect. We do the same thing. This is this is what we do on tangents. It's like we just go unedited. I think we've very briefly edited a couple episodes because like there are some really intense swear words or <laughs> Mike doesn't accept the n-word yeah i, don't I always try i don't like to swear too much i can't help it sometimes and sometimes i do just for for the fun of it but i always feel like getting your point across without swearing is a lot more effective yes yeah but also i always argue in in defense of swearing and cuss words there's always if you time it right it's such a good uh, linguistic tool yeah but it's, exactly yeah it's, it's, it's definitely it can be used properly and you can really emphasize the right kind of meaning sometimes it's very true i just like is there anything you wanted to ask about that you haven't asked about yet shit dude i don't remember we barely talk about music we got Wait, to talk about i'm sorry for a while. this is what the podcast is like <laughs> we can have you again if you'd like uh i'd be happy to anytime yeah i don't know man it's recurring west Guest, guest. Yeah, recur. You know, we promised that with everyone, and we still haven't had a, a two people, uh, one person in two different episodes. Yeah, I still think we have like this emotion attached to like once we start recalling people, it's like we don't know who else to call. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it doesn't like have to be like that, but it's like it, which is like we. It feels like we're sending out a message that we ran out of people or out of original new people to bring to the show, and we're starting to sort of go yeah, and recycle mean. for the old people. And I'm like. That's not true because we have a lot of unfinished discussions with all of our guests, I guess. Even between us. Even between us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because we're just so fucking fried, man. We don't... The first... That's one of the reasons. Like, I like to keep friends for a really long time. I have very few friends that I feel really close to. But the few friends that I care the most about are the people that I've known for several years. And I yeah. could... For the people closest in my life right now, I have a really good friend, for example, in Bulgaria. Known her for five or six years. And I love how the longer you know each other, the longer you can just have the sort of common time and peace and quiet to get into all the subjects you want to get into. Yeah. Because for me, anyway, there's the conversation never really ends. It can sometimes, sure, but if it's a good conversation, I don't want it to end. I prefer sure. to just know people for a really, really, really long time and get to really talk and delve into all the subjects you want to delve into. So given that, tangents, one out of ten. <laughs> what do you mean? Like rate us, rate the whole experience. Yeah, what would you rate this experience in this conversation? Seven. Wow, told you. Everybody oh, will see, pick seven. Go. That's a that's a good <laughs> callback to you. the beginning of the fucking you. episode. Wow, I love it. All right, dude. But we will we will cut it short for now. Uh, we will cut it long for we'll now. We'll cut it long for now. <laughs> um, God, have we have we done this thing with the pl we have been consistent with, with the plug? Yeah. All right. Yeah. So at the end of the episode, you get 20 seconds to plug whatever you want. It's like this thing we stole from a, a YouTube channel called Hot Ones, where like they interview someone while eating in ever increasingly hotter hot sauce, chicken nuggets, whatever. Oh, I think I saw that. Yeah. 
And then at the end, it's like you get 20 seconds to plug in your show, book, whatever message to the world, anything you want. So you get 20 seconds. We won't time it to plug whatever you want. <laughs> what The one singular message that you can compress in 20 seconds that you want to send to the world. This is your chance. Oh, man, that's a lot of pressure. On a, on a <laughs> podcast with the maximum six listeners. Three hours in deep. <laughs> Three hours in deep. <laughs> Well, I would really just want to say go listen to my first album. There's a new remaster out right now. It's on Spotify, Apple Music, Google, SoundCloud, Bandcamp, whatever is everywhere. And you can find the links right in my uh, Instagram. There's a link right in my profile and it has all the pages right there. It's a, my first album that I really, really, really spent a lot of years on you know, getting into real life. And I've had the pleasure of reworking it and just making it sound as sparkly clean and awesome as possible with all the knowledge I learned over the past couple of years. I have listened to it. It's really good. I recommend it. <laughs> Mike approved. Mike approved. Tangents approved. <laughs> Any, anything else you want to plug? Um, not at the moment. No, I don't really have a lot to plug. Go check out my Instagram if you want. At NeoGeoDK. Yo, you heard it here live for the first time. Probably not. Go out and <laughs> follow this beautiful man, uh, Neo Geo DK on Instagram and on all the platforms and everywhere. And I love him. Clearly, Spotify thinks I love him as well. Spotify, uh, knows, you love <laughs> Spotify him. knows I love him. <laughs> um, yeah, this has been a blast, dude. This has been this has been exactly how I wanted it to be. Does it, it's been a pleasure talking to you. Yeah, you too, man. Uh, we will cut the episode here. Goodbye. I was just about to say that. Bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs> Bye.